0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Hey, listeners, it's future Todd here to warn you that this movie is very bleak and very dark. It deals a lot with the responsibilities of taking care of someone who is on their last legs in life and how, someone could take their own life because of that and then the way that the effect of that person taking their own life can cluster through families and communities if you've seen the movie you clearly know what i'm talking about but i want to warn everyone who hasn't seen the movie that we will be talking about those themes it does get very sad at times i'm almost in tears at one point in this episode but don't worry we still break it up with a lot of humor there's a lot of fun stuff so if you feel like you can make it through the sadness please stick with us this episode is Wild. There's a whole scandal we uncover. There's a phone call I'm not allowed to air because California is not a two-party consent state, but it's bonkers. And we will talk about it about 50-some minutes into the episode. It's nuts. Guys, hang with us. It'll be worth it. Love you, mean it. Now enjoy the episode. This episode was brought to you by the following patrons. Jay's Pack, Sex Caliber Bones A lot, Madeline, Edward, Sunzy, Vixen, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Boezy, Jeremy, Allie. Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, West, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. Oh,
2: I'm recording. It, the it dark read my SD card. Hold on a second. Okay. Loading, loading, loading. Keep
1: that card all loading.
3: (laughs) Keep that sim card loading. Podcast!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Got my good Flinties here that I ate some during the movie.
1: Why does Mikey insist on
2: eating during the podcast recording, <laughs> do It's like every time, every, every <laughs> single time. we pay for this. This is not an
3: ASMR <laughs>
1: podcast. What would you call this, Mikey? What, what what type of podcast would that be? The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin on page. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like horror movies or Good and Plenty's, honestly, because they're a gross candy that tastes like chalk in your mouth or whatever. Yeah, they taste like licorice. They are licorice. Gross, Mikey. You're gross. Ew. But today we watched... The, the dark, dark and the, the Wicked. wicked.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, Paige, this was your pick for Wildcard Month. This was my pick. And I do want to start out with my pairing for today's episode because there is a <laughs> new Alani <laughs> new flavor. Oh. I didn't realize that uh, Paige went to Alani Smelier school. And it's designed by Kim Kardashian, but I picked it up because uh it doesn't say what flavor it is. It just says Kim made, and anywhere you look where it might tell you what the flavor is, it just says naturally and artificially flavored. Of course yeah, it's definitely both. Like yeah. that is definitely yeah. it's
1: both. You know yeah, both. Professionally enhanced. You know what I'm saying? For sure.
2: She <laughs> is also naturally and artificially flavored.
1: Agreed. That was the joke I made 30
2: seconds
3: ago, yes. Anyway, yes, this was my pick this week.
2: Well, I mean I could think of no other you know, no better movie to do with suicide prevention awareness day. Yeah, is that today? It's this whole yep. month. No, but today's the day. Yeah. Fuck, I'm so. I didn't know. I've
3: never
1: seen it before, okay?
2: I'll be up at the high road talking down to you all today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> From a professional capacity, for sure. Like, uh-huh. you have experience with this. Yeah. Great, cool. I had never seen this. I had seen the trailer. And this movie, like we talked about Temple last week cutting a mean trailer. Yeah. This movie cut a Devastating trailer (laughs) I'm sure it did I I remember seeing the trailer and being like Oh fuck that (laughs) Like no thank you Uh, And then in the Facebook group We had asked months ago If we were to do a month specifically To try and scare me What movie should we pick And this came up tons of times Uh, It was supposed to get a theatrical release But then COVID happened So it's on Shutter right now Yeah,
2: Did it scare you?
3: It did. It did. However, I feel like it has so many good pieces, but it doesn't quite coalesce for me at the end. I think what it's missing is the one piece of explanation. That said, I understand why they might choose what they did, right? Because whenever you're doing a movie with the supernatural, you have two choices. You can explain why it's happening, or you can say, Life is random. Chaos reigns. There's nothing you can do about it. It just picks. And that's what this movie does. And I think it's ultimately to its detriment because it does a great job of like layering in terrifying visuals. Yeah. Really disturbing pieces. Yeah. And I think it ultimately serves as a metaphor for. A lot of the emotional trauma taken on by people who have to care for their loved ones dying. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, yes, this is like the saddest look at
1: elder care I've ever seen in my life.
3: But it's it's also while I was watching it, I was like, man, this is.
2: This is why you put people in nursing homes. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah, this I is, got and, it. And yeah. this
3: is a thing like. We made that choice with my grandmother and I think it was for the best. Ultimately, we're kind of in that process with my other set of grandparents, but it's been a more difficult transition. But a hundred percent. Yeah. That is why you have a third party helping you because it's an emotional mine- minefield for you and it's taxing. It wears on your sleep. It wears on you physically. All of that. And so from that aspect, I feel like the movie does a great job. Me too. And it it is very scary. Yeah. What I needed was a little bit more of, I guess I would call a dynamic shift in the plot because I felt like we went scary 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 and then we just kind of plateaued Yes we did through the end as opposed To like a hereditary where you're like Creepy creepier Creepy oh my god that's What's happening holy shit the last 15 Minutes of this movie so, that's yeah. more of What I wanted exactly and I do think I don't
1: know if anyone's ever compared this to hereditary But I think you'd be right to do so I think it's a not as good Execution yes of what Hereditary does like I think Ari Aster's version was way better but I do think this is great. Like that metaphor yeah. and all of that stuff that's baked in like that. I really dug that. I think that they were, they had something they were trying to say about grief and how mm-hmm. sometimes suicide can like shock through fam like through families or through communities yes. like that. And like, I loved that message, but this fucking movie scared the shit out of me, man. I believe but, it did, because it scared I, me. I, I, it <laughs> was so hard to watch. Uh, I deliberately I watched, watched it, it during the day because I, I knew Same. I would not Guys, I would not handle yeah, it well at night. <laughs> I definitely jumped. Yeah. So I a got bunch. up at two thirty this morning. And took a plane from Boston to Nashville, and like I, there was no way I was gonna watch this last night before mm. in my hotel room alone. No, I saved this for <laughs> when I got home so I could get in my bed with my dogs to watch it, like comfort watch a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. for sure, it's terrifying. Ugh,
2: yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it overall because it's yeah. nice to see a well-made. It's hard to do scares and it was nice to see effective creepy Fuck. atmosphere and scares but i do oh, feel yeah. like one i'm gonna agree with you both well todd didn't say this but he's gonna say it when i say it it goes a little too nihilistic yeah. towards the end yes and then yes. also With Paige, I'm looking for that one more piece of lore thing. Yeah. And it does a lot to almost get there with, like, talking to the actual preacher. Yes. And then his daughter died of suicide. But I do think the metaphor of, like, suicides and clustering and traumatic complex grief and caregiving and, like, how suicide kind of transfers and, like, if you have a loved one die of suicide... You know, your family is much more likely to have another suicide in the family. And, and, and yeah, all of that stuff did really good. But I think it went too nihilistic for me at the end. I mean, it was creepy as shit. But also <laughs> it was the one mistake I will think. I think this movie made for me throughout the film was they didn't eat those fingers. <laughs> they would have left. People would have left much sooner. Oh, they absolutely would have left. I would have got there and been like, we're selling the farm and then dad's going to a home. Yeah.
3: Well, I here's the one thing I do like is that at a certain point, they do and they're trying, they're like, we've got to fucking leave. And they try to call the doctor to get the dad. And the, the doctor's like, we can't transport him. He's going to die. I don't think that
2: doctor really existed, but right? that is
1: what they see. That is the right, right. And, right. and That's honestly, what they see. it might
2: be true too. It might be. We don't know. The first night, the home healthcare people were like, we can come 20 four seven
3: yes yes and and they chose not to yes. yes
2: i'd have been like yes you do that we're leaving yes or or something yeah also dad's unconscious yeah so my whole connection to him would have gone very differently because yes. i'd have been like look he's not talking or moving he's not conscious
1: he's like asleep or like in a comatic state of some yeah. level yeah or a demon yeah.
2: sucking his lifeblood i don't care yeah. all three of them mean i'm not staying here
3: <laughs> well and and my thing too was I, I did when the brother left. That's the I was right like call. Yeah, for sure. But also, I kept waiting for
2: one of them to just smother him with a pillow. Yeah, that's what I want. That's the ending I want. I honestly thought that might happen at one point.
3: I thought that
1: was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Which is
2: a terrible dark end. But I was like, what if they kill him so they can escape this demon or whatever? Right. And I thought that would have been really cool, but also dark. But like cool
1: Well I do sort of think The whole movie is like a metaphor For like taking care of him right Mm -hmm. So but that would be A super dark way to end it though Like that's terrible
3: (laughs) But also it, it seems like Based on like the brother And everything you don't escape it. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely not. Like that and that is kind of the nihilism of it. That's yeah. that's real fucked yeah,
2: up. Yeah, That's that's the part where I was like, "Oh, come on, man." Like Well, it seems to prey on hopelessness. Yes. Sure. Which is an interesting concept with suicide because it's one of the main, you know, characteristics of a suicidal individual is like hopelessness, helplessness, all of that stuff. So I I thought that point was interesting that it it sets up situations where someone will be most likely without hope and then prey like yeah. pushes it further. Yeah. So, I mean, with the with the farmhand and Michael and all that stuff. Right. But I also think, like, that's a well, – I mean, because of work, it, it's a that's a really dark path to go down. And, like, yeah. for me, I think I didn't like it as much because there's no escape. There's no – Right. There's no way out, which isn't like suicide in reality. Right. Or even caregiving. There's, like, there's options. And so I didn't like the nihilism too much. Like, I think it would have been great if Michael came in – had the knife to his throat, was about to do it, but his wife came home a little early. Yes,
3: that's
1: exactly yes. and yes. he was
2: like, holy shit, we gotta stop this. Yeah. Thing. And then it makes him go back to yes. the yes. farm. Yes.
3: Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like get her out
1: of there. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know,
2: the dad dies
1: or whatever movie, you know, scene. Well and, and
3: again, that's kind of the dynamics that I I wanted from this movie, right? Yeah. Of like A little more agency from our characters, a little more of them taking demonstrative action. And that would have been something where I would have been like, "Okay, then he saves her and comes back. Okay, that would have been interesting. Right. Like I, I would have been down for that as an ending, as opposed to kind of the stinger ending that we we get. I will say the imagery that like it is fucking scary Dude, and and yeah, just yeah, like sh-
2: it's well shot you're on edge the whole time yes it's well shot sound design was great i mean oh. the way that they shot almost every
1: scene in silhouette was so cool yeah. and like they made it work where they're like super backlit is what i mean yes you know like yeah you just only see them as a shadow and you you see sort of the, clearly the background behind them i loved that stuff especially for. Sort of forecasting who was going to die next And also just like Who's going through it the most in that scene Right I love that I thought it was so well done Yeah but I hated this movie Because she (laughs) spends 30 (laughs) seconds Cutting her fingers to shreds Yeah like oh
3: that's that shit Made me well and the second The sound of the knife I was like yes, Her fingers are next I know it's going to happen Yeah (laughs) well because
1: you you see how far Back the carrot is yeah and then you hear It keep going way past where that would be So you're like okay but what what does
2: everybody look forward to at a wake?
3: finger food exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches i love it
3: <laughs>
1: but like but there are so many scenes that are like brutal emotionally like when they see their mom hanging in the the goat barn or whatever yeah and they don't cut away they show what that would be like they don't
2: cut away but they also don't show me enough Of who these people are for me to like get re like it's scary imagery. It is very scary. There's tension between the brother and sister. It's a little implied. It never goes into it. Yeah. And like. What happened at the post office? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What happened at the post office? Th- these are the hereditary pieces that I'm missing, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, you know, who is the brother in relation to the sister? Who is the sister in relationship to the mom? You know, like, what is that? It
2: took me a long time to be like, oh, their brother and sister. Like, well, she it- says brother the first time he's there. Well, Macy was chewing loudly and they were very Southern <laughs> and very mumbly. Okay. So it was like, you miss a word. You got real confused on the uh, on the conversation.
3: Well, because there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie to be honest with you it's just
2: really creepy it's real creepy i will just tell you i would not have stayed at that house much at all
1: fuck no i would have left immediately probably when my mom was like you shouldn't be here i'd be like well fuck you then i was coming (laughs) to help i'm leaving that's probably what would have happened on monday night but i hated this movie (laughs) very scary it's just really sad. I think you could have fixed the emotional stuff, like the lack of that.
3: Yeah, and it would have made it scarier.
1: Just by doing, like, simple flashbacks. You know, s- simply tell the story of them as a happy family, and then what led to them sort of splintering off and going no contact.
3: Or, Todd, you could have done it in dialogue. I know, and, you Because there's have. not that much dialogue in this movie. It's not overly talky. It's not... You know, you're not bogged down with exposition. So you could place one or two lines here or there to give us just a a little peek more into what's going on. Yeah. Because this is a tight 90 minutes and it's. It's not overly verbose. You could spare some dialogue here to paint those pictures in and really give us more of that info. You know, it doesn't have to be two hours like Hereditary, although I think a two-hour version of this would be fucking unbearable.
2: It would be very scary. <laughs> well,
3: be- and it would
1: be much... I think it would
2: be better, though.
1: Yeah,
3: it'd be so much scarier. Because if you got to the point where you really feel sad for these people... Yeah. Like, oh, uh, And we don't say this a lot,
2: because we usually we like, they really... Got to
3: trim it. Yeah. yeah. No, you could have added 20 minutes to this movie. Do you remember when we watched Incantation yeah. and Mikey? I w- Was it Incantation or was it Deborah Logan where I texted you, this movie is relentless?
2: I think it, it was maybe both. It might
3: have been both. It was one of the two. Uh, it was
2: either. It was one. Or, Incantation starts off very fast, too.
3: Yeah. Ugh. But it's one of those things where like this movie is so scary from the fucking jump. Yeah. That like, if you did that for another 20 minutes, it would be so painful to watch. Like, it would be so uncomfortable from a dread and scare standpoint. But I think with an extra 15, 20 minutes, you could have added some of those extra story elements that would have kind of... Enhanced the texture of this movie and elevated it to something like a hereditary. And I, yeah. think, I
2: think it goes like towards the end when she refuses to leave her dad's side or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know anything about your backstory. Right, like,
3: for me to justify this, I need
2: one dialogue or some. I would have been like. Loved you dad Yeah you yeah, were awesome You're gone you You're clearly gone It's time for me to Fucking run <laughs> I've got a life Well I mean yeah Michael had the right He's like I have a wife And kids they're my Priority I'm not gonna Fight demons I was like that's a Really great logic log- log- Like logical way to Get out of it Yeah Yeah yeah. absolutely Yeah I definitely would've Left
3: <laughs> I, I like I understood Her being mad for him Leaving her but I also Understood him leaving I was just like yep <laughs> Like I get it <laughs> uh, she's, the,
1: she's the one that Needs to let go in that Situation I understand Why she's mad yeah. though
2: Yeah
3: Well and he says Leave Yeah, he tells her to leave. He does.
2: Here's the other thing that bugged me. I wanted the a funeral for the mom to happen in the week.
3: Mm. Oh yeah, I don't think there was gonna be one at all.
2: Yeah, I don't think they had a funeral. They talk about it? No, they didn't. Though.
3: No, they. So the
2: whole. I'm like, okay, Thursday. This is it. This has got to be the funeral.
3: (laughs) They had. She's at the morgue. So like, yeah no funeral mm. they got a lot going on too like <laughs> they got a lot going on and it also seems like there aren't that many people who would go does that make sense where it's like it would it's the two of them and the farm hand who they can't get a hold of right you know and dad who's sick and they're the only ones who can kind of care plus the nurse so at a certain point it's kind of like you know maybe we just put somebody in the ground
2: yeah this may be too a b and c i kind of wanted like I mean, it's a great metaphor for how, like, mental illness, like, reverberates throughout families and, like, causes devastation. Yeah. But on a horror movie standpoint, it would have been cool to find out a backstory, like, the dad did something really bad, like, murdered people or something. So,
3: okay, Mikey, <laughs> I I had, and maybe this was just me reading too much into it, but then the movie never seemed to confirm it. I had a weird sense, uh, almost a weird feeling like the dad had abused the daughter daughter. yeah Yeah. I had that feeling as well yeah and and I can't explain it like because the movie does not say that at all but something about it telegraphs that and part of it was like the shower scene which would be scary no matter what but there seemed to be this extra element of it which then kind of further complicated her having to care for potentially someone who hurt her but the movie never explicitly goes into it yeah Ugh. I know. We're g- we're going to have to uh, struggle for some jokes, but we'll get
2: there. I believe in us. No, I'm sure. But this movie was like Hard to watch Oh yeah uh, For me specifically I, I was very entertained Like I love a good High quality horror film That I haven't yeah, seen before yes.
3: Yeah and this definitely was Yeah like despite my criticism It's very well made No I, yeah
1: I'm, And I say I hated it But I do think it's a great Horror movie It just scared the shit out of me Like I never want to watch this Again or feel these feelings again <laughs> Like this <laughs> is terrible But maybe we should revisit it One last time As we go through it Scene by scene
3: Yes yes <laughs> Uh, the first thing I noticed in the credits, tons of production companies. I was like, Ooh, "That's this a bad, be bad. Sign. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad sign. But ultimately, in this movie, here, it turns out fine.
1: Yeah, but I did write my notes at the end. I was like, "For three production companies, this is way better than
2: I expected it to be." Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I bet it was COVID related. Like, oh, we got to sell. I
3: think that I is think what happened, is. Mikey. Yeah, I think that actually is it. I think they're distribution companies as opposed to, uh, yeah, like actual uh, yeah production, production houses.
4: Companies.
3: Yeah, yeah uh so we open on a farm at dusk and it seems to be uh i think it's a sheep farm although we do see goats and a few other things they but like sheep and goats basically it's like livestock yeah it's not it's not like corn they're not gonna build a baseball field yeah but not like cows like small livestock
1: yeah yeah that's fair
3: cute little guys yeah they're the best um They're very cute. So we see a woman working in like a giant sewing room with mannequins and cutting fabric and sewing and singing hymns to herself. She's going all
1: phantom thread on
3: it. Oh, yeah. We hear the sound of almost like wind chimes and she goes out to the barn and we see that what it is, is there are kind of strings of things that will make noise. If like a predator wanted to get into that barn
1: or if the, if the sheep or goats or whatever they are, are going in and out of it, you know, it'll make noise if anything goes and touches those things. Right. But it is more or less like hanging wind chimes that'll go off, not in the wind, but when your livestock runs into it.
3: Right. Exactly.
1: I was going to put that up at Mikey's house so I could hear when he brought someone over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she looks out into the dark and kind of walks across the farm because she doesn't see anything in the barn. She hasn't seen any predators. She goes back into the house and she sits on the bed next to her sick Husband who is again basically Comatose he's pretty much comatose this whole Movie like yeah
1: I don't think in reality He's ever out of that bed although We do see him out of the bed a few times
2: right Yeah uh, he's gone full grandpa Joe yes yes <laughs> Yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: so what you're saying Is when Michael left he should have gone to Wonka and you know found the golden Ticket yeah. and that would have healed the him
3: everlasting God stopper Because <laughs> he's atheist Mikey <laughs> Yeah. That, I did think that was an interesting Element of this film that the family does not believe and, and then you're left to question is it supernatural is it not I mean it clearly demonstrates it that way but I think that's for the metaphor I, yeah I
1: did like that aspect of it too Paige yeah I thought it was cool
3: Uh she's sitting there journaling which we will read that journal later and it is a whole lot yeah um we hear howls from the outside and some of the animal noises from outside are fucking terrifying. Dude, one sounds
1: like a wolf, but also a low, like a slow chainsaw. Like uh, some of them are snarling. like snarling. Yeah, it's like very creepy, like wolf sounds and other general predator sounds. Yes. Or horse snorting
3: or horse snorting. It's it's a whole bunch. It's not one animal that you can like pick out and define. No, no, no.
2: It, it, well, I mean, the demon itself. Throughout the film sounds like it has COPD. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, Just
1: like the dad. When, oh, <laughs> when yeah. that demon gets back after a hard day of demoning, and he goes to sleep,
2: he definitely puts <gasps> on his
1: CPAP machine. Yes. His
3: sleep
2: apnea mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he means I think he means CPAP machine because he straps his grandfather, her father <laughs> on.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the mother kind of looks out of the barn and we as the audience see into the barn and there's nothing out there but then all of the chimes go off at once yeah which happens a few different times in the movie it's a great auditory scare but there's nothing there it's scary every time but then as it cuts through in the sheep there's something in there with the sheep there's yeah. a face yeah and you're just like Ugh, uh, and then quiet fuck it's
1: a, it's a, it's a brutal cold open man i was in it i was like leaning brutal in super open. hard yeah
3: yeah, because we cut back inside the house and she's cutting onions and we just hear whispering, and she hears something move behind her and turns, and the chair is moved out from the table as if someone is sitting and watching her. Yeah, I mean we
1: heard the sound effect of it yes. moving, you know, the demon moving the chair over and yep. sitting down. We even hear it sit down. Yep, and that's when she turns around and it it's oh,
3: and smash cut to title card. Fuck, You're just like, oh, over. oh Go, fuck yeah, it's, over. Like, it's
1: so brutal, man. <laughs> I love that we really didn't see much of anything. And honestly, you might have missed the face.
3: I rewound it because I was like, there's a face in there and yeah. went back and looked for it. Yeah, I,
1: I, I was so creeped out by this, even though we don't see anything, really. Yeah. And th- you rarely see anything in this movie. And it's super fucking scary, man. Yeah. It's like Jaws in that way.
3: It is like Jaws in that way. But I, I love the way this movie, instead of painting somebody's face like the nun yeah. or using CGI <laughs> that contour baby they use shadows and just the actors and actresses placed strategically there's very little that i think is not practical in this movie yeah and it really works it's fucking scary yeah uh so monday first day the sun rises the animals are out And we watch as the woman we will learn uh, is Louise comes in. The daughter. Yeah. But we cut to inside where the old woman that we've been kind of watching is tucking in the old man. uh, And Louise comes in and she's like, hey, mom. And she's like, your brother got here hours ago. I told you all not to come. Yeah. And she's like, well, I told you we were going to. And this is also the first time we see the nurse who's kind of knitting in the corner. Yeah. And their mom is very much like, you don't need to be here. And I think because the mom doesn't necessarily know how to contextualize what's happening or tell them what's <laughs> happening because it's
1: it's legit insane. Yeah, she's
3: just like go leave It's legit crazy. Yeah, But she is
1: warning them like she I think she is trying to get them to leave.
3: Yeah, but man, if she could
1: communicate 30% better, it would have been great. Yeah, because she never is like. Hey, there's a demon that's killing your father slowly and will probably (laughs) kill me. Yeah. Like, she doesn't say any of that stuff. Right.
2: Dear diary, the demon came to visit me today and he was so mean. Burn, burn, burn book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is, like, uh, a, a part of the metaphor for, like, if people are sort of on the edge of doing what she ends up doing, like... They may try to isolate themselves, but they're not going to open up and tell you what's actually going on in their life necessarily.
3: Well, and sometimes it's, it's difficult to articulate those feelings, no, I, I think, know, sometimes, yeah. too. Yeah, A
2: lot of people leak out that they have suicidal thoughts yeah. and, or a plan and stuff. And so it does happen. But yes, you're right. Isolation and hopelessness. There's a lot of journaling with that. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, it's it's rough. It is rough. It
3: is rough. Um, But Louise goes outside and helps her brother and one of the farmhands change a tire. And all three of them are kind of talking like, hey, this is worse than I expected it to be. Mom's not doing well. What are we going to do? Yeah. Which like if you are at that point in your life where your loved ones, especially older loved ones around Mm -hmm. you, are starting to decline. Those are conversations that you have of just like, hey. It's not good. We all have to kind of face what's up. What are we going to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're very real life conversations. Yeah. Very sad conversations. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it is. But I think this movie actually does a great job of illustrating them. I think it it really does it well. Yeah. But they sit down to dinner and their mom is just not Talking to them and they're both trying to talk They're like oh I thought you guys weren't going to do more goats But I, like I saw some babies out there yeah. and, and she just literally Says you shouldn't fucking be Here you should fucking leave <laughs> Yeah and they were like did the doctor Say something like what's yeah, Happening what's, what's and driving she, this like hostile Attitude not hostile, just like yes. You know whatever What what's causing this <laughs> Right right and she just says Go home yeah leave And so we cut to them out on the Porch and they're like What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like what? Yeah,
1: because he's he's drinking a beer, I think, and she's smoking, but they're both like, bro, what the fuck? What was that? What's happening? What's going on? <laughs> like, and I do think it was either in this scene or maybe one before when they were changing the tire before where they mentioned that they hadn't seen the mom.
3: It's this. Yeah, it's this one. Since
1: like May, which we don't really quite know how long that's been since where we are in the movie, but it's it would signify it's been months at least.
3: Yeah, well, and, and this is where, you know, we also reveal that the brother and sister haven't really talked much right. in months. Now, here's the thing too. As those you know people in your life decline it does kind of strain those relationships and people don't talk as much as they should like yeah almost always that makes sense and because it's fucking hard and no one wants to you yeah. know caregiving yeah. is is hard it is hard i strongly advocate for bringing in third parties because yeah. it's it's a lot when you're doing the physical and emotional parts of it it's it's too much typically they
1: really needed a team that was like trained in hospice like yes like that sort of stuff or even taken in them to a hospice care facility you know like right because he very clearly is on his last legs his last few days you know yeah where all you really can do is make them as comfortable as possible yeah until they expire you know it's it's brutal to go through that i think just doing it all yourself you know yeah man
3: and so you know they haven't talked in a while. They haven't talked to the parents in a while. And she's like, well, how long are you going to be here? And he's like, well, probably through the week. And he's like, how about you? Are you still at the post office? And she just says not anymore. And we don't get any information about it. It's definitely implied that like, it's something with her where she is having some sort of an internal struggle that is making it difficult to maintain employment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is how it's kind of implied. Yeah.
1: Where she was fired or quit because she just couldn't anymore whatever that reason was we never find out
3: we never find out uh but they basically are like well we can't leave her alone out here and this is where they have that conversation of we should have done something hugged her or something we're like that wouldn't make everything better like yeah there's a million things we couldn't we could have done but it doesn't change what's happening essentially so we cut to the mom watching tv with the dad Sleeping next to him by the way Which I was like that's rough no matter Who you are like Because there is a 50-50 Chance every morning you wake up to a dead person Yep literally next to you I thought about that
2: Every morning I mean technically That's every morning if you sleep with a person I mean that's (laughs) true I mean that's I guess fair maybe but yeah They're gonna wake up one of two ways
1: Alive or dead Well well, one way
3: They only wake up one way Yeah that's a good point
1: yeah Fair enough.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, because Louise takes
1: the place of the mom and she's sleeping in the bed, I was worried about that every day. Every day, it said like, you know, popped the the name of the day up on Mm -hmm. the screen. I was like, okay, is this the day she wakes up next to the dead version
2: of him? Yeah, right. I was hoping this was gonna be a gritty Return of the Living Dead remake with the dates popping up. Oh, that would've (laughs) been great. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was not.
3: No nude dances in graveyards. Apologies. But Michael is going to take a shower. Louise is kind of closing up the house and she goes to close the door and kind of struggles to get it closed, yeah. but does ultimately close the door. She walks into the kitchen, pours herself some water. She hears a creak. She turns and the door she just shut is open. Yeah. The demon is straight up gaslighting her guys. Well, it's standing in the doorway. I know. Not, you of, can't not see of the it. front door. Of just the like the shadow in the bedroom But when she passes back by it From closing the door it's her mom Yeah Not the demon Which is yeah
1: This movie is never not scary Like there's always something going on That's terrifying
3: Well and so her mom is just like there And she's like what was that And she says oh it's just the wind So she goes back out to smoke on the porch (laughs) While her mom is cooking at the sink And her brother is sitting there kind of working on bills and the mom is singing hymns while she cuts carrots. And the sound is a very visceral, chopping, kind of squelching sound. Well,
1: and I'm surprised you didn't point this out. It's because she chops incorrectly, Paige. She
3: does chop incorrectly. Instead of
1: going like front to back, she just presses straight down.
3: Well, she's using a santoku. Santoku you would cut straight down because oh, it's a you? flat blade, not a curved blade. But the problem that she's yeah, but the, the way that she's fucking up the way she's cutting is that she's not turning her fingers in on the hand that's holding the yeah. food. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant with the yeah. actual technique of the blade. Because if you do no, that, yeah. that's what causes the the chunk sound that they're honestly yeah. that they wanted off that cutting board, right? Because it's very creepy. It's
3: very creepy. Uh but yeah, it's she is using a Santoku, which has a cre- Curved top and a flat edge, as opposed, or at least a much less curved edge, as opposed to a chef's knife that has a flat spine and a curved edge of the knife, where you would go point to bolster as you moved through things, and it does make a different sound. But she is cutting correctly with that type of knife. Fair enough. So. There you go. But that is what makes that sound. Yeah. I love that Surlet Hob knowledge. You're welcome. <laughs> uh so the brother, Michael, is like, hey, mom, you should try to get some sleep. And she just says, Y'all should leave. Like, y'all should go. <laughs> she get is never not rude or like curt <laughs> yeah. with them. She's always like, yeah. GTF out of my house, please. Yeah. And and he says, No, ma'am. And she just says, It's not what you think. And he says, Well, what is it? And she doesn't respond. No. So he goes to bed. Louise goes to bed. I
1: really like the way they played the mom character uh, in this because she she never like fully communicates, which if you're having this kind of stuff, sometimes you don't. Uh, but also the words she's using to describe sort of what's going on, you can also take as, like, she's in denial about her husband being on his final days. Sure. So she didn't want her kids to come because then it becomes more real that these are his last few days. Right. So I just – I really like that that the way they worked that in. It was
3: well done. So – Her kids go to sleep Everyone's asleep She's still up Cutting vegetables And she hears the creak Behind her Like the chair before
2: He's not eating the carrots So who are these for You know Right
3: Yeah Does the demon like A
1: charcuterie board Before he demonizes What are we doing I thought they were maybe For the animals Get
2: carrots off my Charcuterie board
1: (laughs) (laughs) Meats and cheeses Only for Mm -hmm. Mikey Only And by meats He means finger meats So like get to chopping Grandma chicken fingers there's
2: gonna be no cold farts from my
1: Okay, (laughs) that's right because vegetarians fart cold as mikey has gone on the record to say i
3: hate to disappoint you mikey but this is a vegan alani new and so i'm gonna be farting cold tonight you hear that jake i'm farting cold i'm icing you out tonight <laughs> Ooh. Ain't no hot boxing, it's ice boxing.
2: I would have <laughs> cut that goat's leg off and served it on my charcuterie board and watched it limp away.
3: Oh good night. Mikey. Troubling. What
2: happens to the goats is very sad, and I did
3: not like it at all. It's very sad. But goat is delicious when prepared correctly. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean
2: yeah, I don't hate it, but it's very sad. Think about it. It's nice and spiced, it's like a whole leg just cooked just right, roasted yeah. on a big open flame. <laughs> You know, from the fires of hell Like, you don't get hotter than that Well, go to the devil
1: I
3: mean, it's not really the hotter You want it
2: low and slow Yeah, low and slow Like, second level of hell With, like, Mm -hmm. the spice being, like, the sins, you know Yeah
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: so you're gonna add a little lust And a little adultery Because that's the second (laughs) level of hell Yeah, yeah And some some cumin Cumin And uh, Trader Joe's lime spice That stuff slaps I'm gonna throw some of that in there Yeah It'll be delicious we'll cook that lamb up right Oh that sounds really nice actually Except for the lust and adultery part but yeah
3: Well I mean I don't have to be lusty With the lamb I can just be lusty around The lamb yeah
2: you're not lusting Or adulterying you're eating People's sins cooked into meat that's Different yeah down at Goat guy
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on down to goat guy We'll eat your sins and some fries (laughs) What's thou like
2: to live deliciously
3: (laughs) Yeah What's thou like to leg deliciously I do think
1: Fuck I do think this movie needed a Black Phillip reveal You know what I'm saying Yeah Like I really needed it Yeah I don't think we get it because the family's atheist I also think it's a little bit of a cop out But I understand Metaphorically why we
2: don't get one I mean that's the most unrealistic part Of this movie that this far family's like God no we don't believe in God I No I only vote for Obama <laughs> You can tell by the way That that is just so
1: disjointed That people who talk like that Don't typically vote like that
3: Bible Belt more like Like humanism and science belt (laughs) Yeah (laughs) (laughs) You know Where we get great gun control
1: laws Here in the bible belt
2: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) And that priest he's catholic it looks like He wouldn't have been welcome either He's like no he wouldn't have
1: been welcome because he's from the big
2: city He's from Chicago He's the
3: scariest part of this movie for me He fucking terrifies me Catholicism
2: Epiotheus Episcopal Catholicism That's too liberal. Get that out of my Texas farmland. (laughs) That's true.
3: Well, it it depends because, like, my husband grew up in Texas, Episcopalian. Yeah. And so, you know, depends on where your Episcopalian church lies. Any hoodle. So... (sighs) Mom's still up cutting vegetables. She hears the chair move behind her. She doesn't turn to look at it. And she's just like, I done already know you here, demon. And she just keeps cutting faster and faster until she cuts through her own fingers and then does it again and again Uh, and again. I was squirming so
1: much when I watched this scene. It was so hard to watch. I hated it. I checked
3: the time. I was like, we're like 18 minutes into this movie.
2: So scary. I was like, we have to stop. I need a snack. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I need baby carrots stat." (laughs) And I put press on nails on them just for accuracy.
2: I was like, yes, this looks disgusting. But she mostly cut them off the first time. So she's not feeling each slice now. She's just wiping it up more. She's just putting them
3: into bite sized chunks so she could put them on toothpicks and serve them on Mm -hmm. that charcuterie plate. Exactly.
2: Nuggets (laughs) Nuggets I d- <laughs> yeah. Finger nuggets I do yeah. think it would have <laughs> been
3: Creepier if she had
1: gone like The way she was cutting the Carrot you know mm-hmm. Just down the carrot Just down yeah. her hand like that Yeah <sighs> Either way It was super freaky though I hated but it But
3: then Once she kind of has like Separated them and cut them She's just like Smashing them with the knife And I was like Oh no Yeah And this movie does that thing Where like You think it's gonna
1: cut away But there's still 15 seconds not. left On that film of that shot Yeah Oof It was the worst for me was when they find her The next morning which
3: is literally Right here because we get a title card That says Tuesday the brother Michael gets up There's blood all over the kitchen yeah. and the floor And he runs out to try and find her Louise follows him Now mom's ring finger I can't find mom Yeah I think we're <laughs> dealing with the ring thief None of that happened <laughs> But they get to the barn Now here's what's interesting And I know this is probably just a directing thing that they did But they get to the barn And all the animals take off running away from her As if it has just happened Yeah And they all run away. They get the basin, like the wash basin, to kind of get up there and cut her down because she's hanging. Yeah. And we hear what sounds like her gasping as they're, like, trying to cut her down. But she is dead.
2: Oh, I thought it was the sister. I thought she was. I thought re- it was the sister. Yeah.
3: Maybe it is the sister. It's unclear because it's we're far back.
2: Trigger warning, I guess, for people. I, I There's something very unsettling about responding to hangings because I was talking to a paramedic about this the other day. My day job is kind of morbid. Yeah, it is. Usually, when you find a body, they're slumped over, laying down, something like that. They, yeah, it's it's tragic no matter what if you find a body. But like, right. there's something extra unsettling about finding a body that's still straight up. Even I mean, if it's hanging, but yeah. it's like they're just they're st- they're like straight up hanging there. I mean, it's just it is super unsettling. Yeah. I have to mention the shot here because it's
1: awesome. Yes. Because it shows them running out to the farm, right? And then you see Louise run into frame and it, like, right. it cuts to where the goat barn is. You see Louise run into frame and it's just panning back. and then, It just
3: pulls back and reveals her feet. Yes, it reveals
1: the feet yeah. and then you see Louise react to that. And then you see her yell and everyone comes over and we're just pulling further away this whole time. It's like one long right. shot. It's So well done and well acted Like there's so much high caliber Shit in this movie and this shot even though It was super unsettling was like I think one of the best moments of the movie
3: I think I've only seen one other Hanging shot done this Good or better and it was in Jojo Rabbit did you see Jojo Rabbit? I did not, no Oh, I don't want to spoil it for you Because it is so good Oh man, I I cried during that Fuck oh. I mean, I got teary-eyed during this
1: Like, this is brutal
3: Oh, Jojo Rabbit will fucking destroy you
1: <laughs> it's, Oh, I'm,
3: yeah
2: It's not a horror movie or a romance.
3: But it, it's also so funny Like, it's it's brutal It, it be, It's very multifaceted But uh, suffice it to say A character gets picked up by the Nazis You aren't aware that it happened And through the eyes of another character character he just walks and looks up and sees their shoes at eye level and the shoes have been like a a set piece throughout the rest of the movie yeah and it's that realization and it's a brutal shot, and just made me sob in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this
1: is—I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but this is very much like that because we get her legs right, but it's just yeah. one long shot as it pulls back. Yep. It's so it's so well done. It's also brutally sad. Like this movie is. Never not terrifying and never not sad
3: I also I did like that Immediately after that we just cut to the next Day Yep. because like what even do you Remember about the rest of that day Fucking nothing that's all that happened That day
1: for the rest of your life
3: yeah Yes Wednesday We cut to them Drinking coffee in the morning And we kind of settle The camera settles On an empty chair Now we also Because we've been With the mom at night When everyone else is asleep We know that's the chair That moves They don't It's almost like The characters in the scene Are looking at that empty chair As like That's where mom Would have sat Yeah Even though for us, it has a darker layered meaning. Yeah. Again, great cinematography. (laughs) This movie fucking nailed it. It is. It's so good. And it's also terrifying. Right. So, but they keep running the farm. They're sitting with dad. The nurse comes in and she then says, hey, I can call someone to take care of him at night, like I, we yeah. can make arrangements. We can do this twenty four
1: seven if you need us. Yeah, right. And I thought it was like really rude of her to try and upsell them in this moment of grief. You know what eh, I'm saying? Eh, like, oh. calm down, knitting nurse. Stop trying to make your bonus.
3: She's she is a hundred percent. No,
1: she's very clearly looking out for their best interest for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They should have went on. I I was like, bro. And then because Michael's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And of course, the younger ones like, no, this is what they want. And I was like, God, what a younger sibling thing today to do and say.
1: There are a lot of moments where they're like, hey, we need to leave because of X. And there's a new reason why they don't, you know, until I think in my mind, the demon fabricates, though, he would die before he got to the interstate. And I can't let you take him because of that. Right.
3: Well, and especially because he lives for like another two days. So there's a part of me that's like, take him anyway. (laughs) Like, what are we? Yeah, there's no saving him dies in the ambulance dies here it doesn't matter to me
1: it ain't
2: murder it's like a gr- it's like a gray area <laughs> yeah
3: gray area i honestly
1: don't know what a doctor would do in that situation like i have no idea um if they would stop someone in that situation or not
2: yeah i don't know i i, uh... I think if you called an ambulance they'd have to take them. but like i think so i think if like ten i don't people. know i don't know really also either. like then stupid knitting nurses like basically hell is no one dying with a person and i was like don't tell them that this week I know that's not this scene that's my like, movie
1: but yeah
3: that's like 30 minutes from now
2: yeah yeah but like that's not helpful either no it's not it's even worse then because they're further into this but she got hers that's what you get for giving bad advice that's why no, but
3: part of me is like that's why she offered the 24 out like yes so there would be somebody they could yeah. have taken her up on that
2: they should yeah. have
1: yes they should have taken them
2: up on that and then left yeah also. Her parents live in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house Like there's no oh, yeah. Logical reason any house should be decorated In such a fashion in 2021
1: Wow, Mikey really busting up this family For their interior decorating yeah. I, love I it. would imagine <laughs> they haven't left the farm much In the last 10 years That was my vibe too mm-hmm. Like that place was decorated in the 80s And they just like were fine with it from then on
3: The other thing that happens in this scene Is the nurse said to them like Hey I didn't want to say anything before because it wasn't my place. And I think by that, she means like, I'm here to care for your dad. I'm not here to diagnose anyone else in the home. But your mom was talking to herself when she thought I wasn't listening yeah. and I didn't like it. And she would just sit next to your father whispering, but she wasn't talking to him. It's like there was someone else there. And I hoped she would be better with her family
2: close by. But apparently, it no, it, yeah. it got worse. Yeah. See, that's basically malpractice because like, OK, the mom is experiencing psychosis And I'm not going to report it, even though she's the only caregiver at night. And then this happens. See,
3: that I do think it's like, I don't think it's safe to leave him with her at night because of what I'm noticing. Yeah. Yeah. But also, let me just... Spoiler: Jake's family is in in rural Texas, and we have had to deal with some measures of this with family stuff. And there were times when we reported things to nurses, and then they were just like shrug, and I was like, "What? Oof,
1: that's no good." So,
3: like, you know, it happens. Unfortunate. Yeah,
2: what should? Yeah. Because if I was Michael, because he had the same name as me, so I put myself in his shoes a lot.
3: Sure, of course.
1: It's also the reason he remembers that character's name. It's probably the only one. 100%. (laughs) I don't
2: know anyone else's name. Mikey heard that name and he was like, oh, it's me. It's me, Michael. (laughs) I mean, I would have pulled like a wedding singer, which is like, something I needed to know
1: yesterday. yesterday. (laughs) Exactly. Which would have been a very bonkers, silly reaction, like in the moment. But yeah, that's what I would have felt inside. That's how I would have reacted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he he's just like, yeah, you know, he's he's like the Yellowstone version of me. He's like. Mm-hmm
3: big old beard yeah yeah picnic baskets
2: we don't <laughs> communicate in this family they don't they're not good communicators no, they're terrible man but like i mean we're about to get there but like stress can bring on very bad mental problems and lack of sleep and yeah. so like she could have gone down that road mm-hmm. where that can elicit some psychosis or something you know our, mm-hmm. our, our hinge bit of dementia that all that stress would bring on all of the dementia
3: and and the mom was older but also we know the mom wasn't sleeping yeah because mm-hmm. she was working all day and the demon was keeping her up all night and that'll fuck you up man yeah it will fuck you up gotta sleep so we cut to louise goes out to her mom's sewing room and she hears whispering and there's one mannequin with a sheet over it and it's a wedding dress with her name on it which okay
1: at this moment i was like what demon did the mom sell louise off to or whatever like what is going to happen in this movie
3: so i think this is a piece of louise's backstory that we that just don't never get. yeah i agree now having
1: seen the whole movie yeah absolutely i think so where
3: i think Louise was maybe engaged to someone or in a serious relationship with someone broke up was not doing well emotionally that caused her job to suffer and now she's here right whatever version of that I feel like that's such a common easy thing to have so then now for her to see this it's like Fuck! Like everything has fallen apart. I truly am alone. Like that is kind of the visual yeah. representation of that.
1: I I think it was Luis was having an affair with uh Louis DeJoy, Postmaster General in the year 2020, <laughs> and uh. There was a scandal about to come out So mm-hmm, she got mm-hmm. let go from the post office And she's just having a rough go of it, Paige
2: Yeah, yeah, She's like, like my parents I believe in science And I think we should have electric postal trucks And then they were like, get out of here Yeah, and
1: Joy was like, no, please uh, We don't need that We need to burn the planet Farmland
2: in rural Texas We're known for our atheism <laughs>
3: i know people want to keep the usps in business i get it but since moving to our house we have gotten the craziest mail i have ever seen where the old lady who lived here before us was i think being conned by like a bunch of animal rights groups but they're insane so like there was one that we got that's like you know she like this baby horse is cut up into horse chunks for joe biden and you're like why does joe biden need horse chunks gotta glue this
2: country back together Paige.
3: well that's the whole letter was like some car accident with a horse, and I was like, "Was the horse driving?" I tend to think it was a driving page.
1: Are you sure these not joke of the month, like letters or something? Yeah, it sounds like she was getting like really
3: great mail that you're now complaining about. Yeah. So we have a new one that came the other day that just says, "Stop occult dog sacrifice in the U.S." Not everywhere,
2: guys. Not everywhere. <laughs> not everywhere. Big government. Coming to shut me down again Is that what it is
3: Coming to shut down my dog sacrifices
2: But here's my
3: thing Is it people sacrificing dogs For the occult or is it An occult cabal of dogs Like that dogs playing poker Mm. painting That's attacking (laughs) humans (laughs) Like which is it I need to know so I can mount the best Defense and draw circles of salt Exactly Paige I just think we need to know How to
2: fix it Who benefits (laughs) I don't get mail like that, so that's funny.
3: Hold on. I'm going to give me two seconds. I'm going to prove this to you. Watch out. Okay. Yeah,
1: please do. I believed you. (laughs) What I heard Mikey say was, I believe you. What I heard him feel was, please don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't get letters like that. I get like my retirement update once a month and like my bills.
1: I get a bunch of junk mail, but nothing real. I honestly throw away 98% of my mail.
2: I don't even get that much junk mail. I don't know
1: what's going on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Paige is now holding up a letter that says demand letter enclosed to end. Occult dog sacrifice. The wounded.
3: (laughs) Is it really called the wounded?
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah, it is.
3: Saving a paw to save a life. I hate this.
2: Paige, can you open it?
3: Dear resident, occult religions are sacrificing innocent dogs right here in the United States. We must end it. Dear friend of dogs. Is that how it starts? <laughs> yes, it does. You are a friend of dog, yes? D- Dear friend of dogs, you can help save more than 10,000 dogs each year by signing and returning your end occult animal sacrifice demand letter right now. Most Americans believe that animal sacrifice and satanic and occult ceremonies where dogs are bu- brutally murdered to appease hidden spirits and dark forces doesn't happen in the United States. Those people are wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you more about it in a minute, but first I want to tell you why it's such a big deal. It's a big deal because thanks to a court ruling from 1993, there is no law that bans ritual animal sacrifice in the United States. That's not entirely true. <laughs> <laughs> there is no protection for animal like dogs and satanic voodoo and centuria rituals that are practiced by five million Americans. This is racist as hell. Yes, it is, Paige. <laughs> That's right. But I'll say it again: animal sacrifice is legal in the United States. Okay, but it's only certain animals in protected. It's this anyway. We did a whole thing on it in Cold Podcast. Oh, I know. If you're anything like me, and the hair on the back of your neck is probably standing up. Nah, your skin is <laughs> crawling in disgust. No, because you're lying. And your heart is broken for poor dogs who are slain in religious ceremonies. I don't want dogs to be mistreated, but also I don't think this is happening. I think this is bullshit. Of course
1: it's not happening, Paige.
3: Yeah, this is not happening. This is a scam. Yeah, it's a a huge scam. I am on their website. Okay, hold on. This just (laughs) got way wilder. Fuck. It's also, okay, they are blaming Santeria
2: specifically. Oh, no. What, Mikey? I've got to share my screen. All right, let me turn that on. It's like a Black Lives Matter ripoff of dogs being sacrificed
3: oh god There, it's also once the dog <laughs> is dead they sever the head and place it on the altar this is not this is no oh, What the fuck wow god, this
1: is bad this is the most obvious scam i've ever seen
3: not only an Ooh. obvious scam but it is super racist yeah this is not good this is bad <laughs> what wag ployment <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? The... They have 988 on there? Yeah, they, they they'll do anything to appear legitimate, Mikey. Yes. Yeah, this is oh. definitely a scam. Yeah. This is this is the kind of thing that Patrick J. Pespis would be calling about. Exactly. Why don't we call their number and see what they say? This is a whole lot of nonsense, of racist nonsense. Put your
1: face mic close to it
3: too. I don't practice Santeria. I didn't call for wounded paws. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, listeners, this is again Future Todd breaking in here to let you know this is where the phone call happens. Now, because Paige is in a two-party consent state, we couldn't use the phone call, but it is insane. Mikey does do what I call a repipe where he explains what happens on the phone call in about 30 seconds to a minute or so. So hang with us. This goes down a weird rabbit hole, and you're gonna love it. <laughs> oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> I have to leave some of this in. I'm leaving some of this in. How the fuck did we become like, we like turned into an investigative team in the middle of this episode for no reason. I have no idea what's happening. This is this movie is so sad and emotionally triggering that we became journalists to not have to talk about it for ten minutes. We have to do a telemarketer style <laughs> documentary. Somebody call
2: HBO immediately. Did he just say that the Latinos are the ones sacrificing over ten thousand yes. dogs? And yeah, and he said, and I can say that because
3: I'm Latino, and I'm like, uh, nope, <laughs> still not yeah, great. I was
1: like, okay, buddy.
3: First of all They're like It's definitely Latinos Don't mention California at all (laughs) Like But also they're like New York And I was like Like that one episode Of Law and Order Which is
2: definitely bullshit And also where they got The idea for this scam Yes And then he says He would just talk to me For hours about it Yeah He'll talk to you As long as you want
3: Now they have your phone number
2: (laughs) I should call back And be like What if you want to Sacrifice your dog In some sort of ritual No What would I need to do to prevent it, like specifically what I would need. What you
1: should do is call him back and be like, so what benefits are there of dog sacrifice? Like, why are they doing it? And then, like, try and drill into exactly how to make it happen for you. Is it the cult of Bob
2: Barker? <laughs>
3: hey, Todd, important legal note, you can't keep that recording in. No, I know. He's in Virginia. That... No, It doesn't matter. I'm in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it on Charity Navigator. It has a two-star rating. Probably out of a thousand stars. No shit. There's no independent auditor financial review. Well, it's clearly a scam.
1: Yeah. Would y'all want to perhaps, perchance, even get back into the episode?
2: I'm having a hard time processing (laughs) it. Um, Okay, so if if we have to cut the the call out, let me narrate the call. So I called from my phone from a blocked number, and a man answered after eight rings, and he sounded like a dude, like a normal... He did sound like a dude, yes. And and I said, hey, is it true that they sacrifice a bunch of dogs in ritual sacrifice in America? And he said, like, you wouldn't believe. Oh, God. And then I said, like, 10,000, he said, more than... And I asked him where, and he was very specific, and he said Houston, Miami, and New York— And I asked why, and he said, because of the Latinos, and he can say that because he said, I am a Latino with a very horrible accent that he just said for that certain spot. Yes, yeah. I did notice that as well. Didn't bring it up, but I did notice that. So I feel like he may have been lying to me. Yeah. You don't want to know how much money they make every year. I don't want to know.
3: But here's what I will also tell you. They don't have very many employees, but they make over 1.2 million a year. Does
1: not at all surprise me
3: I mean if you think about who they're targeting Right with that They're targeting
1: like middle America White women who love animals Like that is their bread and butter
2: You know, let's just get back into it I've got a lot of questions here And there's just some rabbit holes I don't want to go down We need to get Pepsis on this case though Pepsis. If you guys haven't watched the telemarketers
1: doc on HBO Watch it, it's great I watched it Also, can I say this about telemarketers? Uh Uh-huh That movie also does a great representation of how through medically assisted treatment You can wean yourself off of heroin and save your life Yes And we don't have enough of that like positive reinforcement of that stigma that's out there About methadone and suboxone Yes And stuff like that
3: Like that Mm -hmm. Yeah I thought that that was cool And not even talked about That's how Patrick J. Pespis Is still fucking with us Thank goodness Yes Although (laughs) it is wild Seeing him pass out In the middle of a phone call And then come back And be like Yeah I'm calling from The fraternal order Of the police (laughs) Like just Without missing (laughs) a fucking beat And then making a sale I was like Yeah Patrick J. Pespis You are a legend (laughs) The guy is a
1: legend Like I get why Everyone at that call center Was enamored with him Absolutely Absolutely.
3: Anyway, back to this movie. They go out to a pet cemetery. Not that pet
1: cemetery, though, just in case.
3: Just a regular one. Just
1: a normal pet cemetery. But
2: it was like where they would bury her favorite goats. Like, it was actually sort of sweet. 10,000 goats get sacrificed a year in this country. <laughs> Why don't you people stand up? It happens in Sheboygan, <laughs> Long Island,
3: <laughs> and Phoenix. <laughs> you know the, the extensive goat population Phoenix. Uh-huh. Also, we should definitely say, and maybe put this at the beginning of the episode: all of these are just our opinions, and this is a big ol' allegedly, please don't sue us. Yes.
2: Yeah, allegedly the Greeks aren't sacrificing <laughs> that many goats.
1: <laughs> I can be your year old baby. I can spin <laughs> a wheel of
2: meat. Biden's big government doesn't <laughs> want you to know what's going on <laughs> with the goats. They're turning the
3: goats straight. Great. He's got his horse chunks But that wasn't enough He needs goat
2: chunks <laughs> The government takes 25% One leg of each goat Because it's big government, of each sacrifice
1: <laughs> I do love that this metaphor In this movie is 1000% About the government And how
2: we should all be libertarians In rural Texas Maybe if we had better health care, Like the commies want their dad could have been in a state-of-the-art facility and they wouldn't worry financially about it. But we don't want that because that's big government. We don't need that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And do you know how many goats it would take to make that happen? <laughs> yeah.
2: You got to sacrifice so many goats and then a fourth more because big government takes its cut.
3: Right so you gotta cut your goats with sheep mm-hmm. so that you can make more off I've been watching too much power I'm sorry I love that you your brain connected like
1: the white coats <laughs> that goats and sheep have and you like contribute it to like baking soda and cocaine mm-hmm. I've heard that song Page. I know how to make crack okay
3: yeah no it was more where Mikey was like and then they take a fourth so how are you gonna get your cut and I was like well you gotta cut it first you gotta cut the brick so that you can sell the brick <laughs> and then use that money to buy your next brick but then your banking those stacks i was like oh i, I gotta yeah. go out of the house
2: yes but instead of bricks these are goats yeah and never try your own supply mikey with the right. goats you don't want to get hooked on it swarma is delicious
3: i'm already hooked on chevra it's a problem <laughs> i don't even know what that is i just like the way you said it it's goat cheese i've got two logs of it in my fridge
2: that's a felony amount. <laughs>
3: You got like a whole kilo of shiver, you bitch. Intention to distribute. Intention to distribute. I was just trying to make appetizers. I was making a charcuterie plate.
1: (laughs) Paige, as your lawyer, I'm going to go ahead and uh, inform you that you should stop talking right now. You're incriminating yourself. Damn it. Appetizers are obviously meant to be shared. (laughs) That is distribution.
2: You're infringing on my right. To sacrifice goats to my God. Which God? My American God. I thought you were going to say Bielza Trump. Oh. Trump. <laughs> that
1: family is probably the only atheist Trump voters. <laughs>
3: I'm sure there's <laughs> others. Anyway, at this point, Louise and Michael get into kind of an argument yeah. where Louise is like, Who was she talking to? What was going on? And her brother's like, I don't even want to think about it because we won't get answers. It's just tragic. You don't always get answers. They're
1: dealing with it different ways. Like she wants to fucking figure it out. Right. And he's like, I think taking maybe not a healthier approach, but a very different approach of just like we're never going to know. I'm going to do my best just not to think about it. So he's doing like the avoidant path, right? Where he's just going to try to avoid it. And it's probably going to end up coming out sideways in his life because of it. But yeah.
3: And I feel like the best option is somewhere in the middle because he's right. Yeah. They may never have answers.
2: Yeah, he definitely has a point, Paige. You're right. I watched this with a couple of friends today. I have friends, and that is on the record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, as your lawyer, I'm going to go ahead and inform you that we all thought you had friends until this moment, honestly. <laughs> like- <laughs> I definitely have friends. I definitely did sacrifice 14 dogs and three goats to get
2: friends.
3: <laughs> did you know that 10,000 friends die every year in occult sacrifices? <laughs> you know how many david schwimmers go missing every fucking year guys no one misses ross ross is never missing he
1: was on a break (laughs) page Oh, Oh my God. I'm so glad we got somewhere funny in this episode, because if (laughs) not, it was going to be brutal, sad talk.
2: All I had to do was call a stranger and ask about racialistic animal sacrifice. And he also gave you the most racist answer. That was insane. Well, I mean, it was a loaded
3: question, I guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Loaded with dead dogs. (laughs) He's like, people are talking. Certain ethnicities are sacrificing all the dogs. I was like, just Latinos? My, Mikey, <laughs> as someone who heard the
1: conversation firsthand and very badly wishes California was a one-party consent
2: state or whatever it is,
1: so we it's could not, use that. Yeah.
2: It's not, I know. That's why we can't play it. If we had a lawyer, we could consult, because I made the phone call from Tennessee. It, it doesn't matter. I'm on the phone call. Well, we're not going to even chance it, man. But, like, you did ask the question of, like,
1: like where is it happening with the vibe of, you wouldn't happen to be racist, would
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was artful to watch. <laughs> it's all in the tone, really. It is. Yeah, it was great. I and mean, why is it those cities? Oh, that's incredibly <laughs> racist. Thank you. If I have any more questions, I'll call back, I guess. <laughs> oh, anyway, I was talking about this is a this is like a 180 after a suicide or some sort of major thing like that a lot of families are like why did this happen yeah. and like uh, they try to explain it and yeah. then I, I kind of explain it to people and people in my life if you don't understand someone's actions people tend to to fill in the mi- missing pieces with themselves of like I didn't catch this or I did this and it's a very human thing I think Yeah, I don't think seeing such a suicide or severe mental illness are as easily explained such as that so it's hard to break that off but that guilt that survivor's guilt really well because we do substance In ourselves for explanations, but I was just. If you went through her, if if I was in that family and I went through her journal and heard what the nurse said and then saw the fingers on the floor and then, you know, found her or whatever, it would, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, mental illness doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to do that. It's never going to do that, but that's really hard to explain to families. And I think that grief is like that overall, but specifically in suicides. And it can be very, very complicated and haunt you.
1: I think they do a great job of displaying that in like one. Mm -hmm. It's almost a throwaway line between the two of them because she says we should have talked to her. And he says, yeah, we didn't. And like he says it like with so much fucking regret, like Mm -hmm. it's so brutally sad. I've dealt with shit like that.
2: It's so difficult But even if they did There's no guarantees
1: I think this movie Sort of says that
2: It's like you can say Everything right And things go wrong Yes Absolutely With family members With specifically suicide But that's what people feel
1: Yeah Yeah, And I think that family members Will look for And you've talked about this Before Mikey So cut me off If I'm paraphrasing you Incorrectly But they will look for How like they were Involved in it Because then it feels like They have some control Back of their life You know Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what this sort of thing is like i could have just talked to her and then that would have fixed it
2: but that's not the case i do think as humans we want things to make logical sense yeah like and grief is like that overall of like this is my fault if i didn't drive this car they wouldn't have been in this car wreck you know not to pull your example but if i did something different that day would have gone differently or if i would have talked to them a week ago they wouldn't have died of suicide and the world would make sense like that if the world Was logical and made sense but the world Is not logical yeah. and it doesn't Make sense and it's hard
1: I dealt with That really really hard for like a long Long time because I, I'm i the one who asked Can you take me to Wendy's and then take me back to school So like I was the reason we were Where we were when it happened So yeah like that it, it's just fucking
2: brutal Like you really like that really eats At you for fucking ever and the logic The logic of that is yes That's not your fault and you can be like right. yes I know it's not my fault But the feelings of yes, that exactly. Exactly. The feelings exist, and getting through that takes therapy, and it takes a lot of work. It but, does, man. Yeah, it's it because I feel like we as humans tend to try to make sense of things that we can't make sense of. Yeah, Oof. or like I committed a sin and God has smited. You know, yeah, that's why I got in a car wreck. Or what? You know, it's like people try to make sense of things, and and it's it's hard to live that way. <laughs>
1: Paige during this conversation Paige is putting on a beanie what are you doing Paige
3: I was putting on a beanie I was gonna try and see if it fit over my headphones (laughs) I think it could I think so too Hold on.
1: I love that like I am almost in tears like I was like fighting tears and we're like we're still on some level just trying to make each other laugh
2: and I fucking love that about (laughs) about you too Paige is just really bored about you talking about your stuff It's like been every episode Oh, I know, I know This movie like really (laughs) triggered my shit though, man Like it really hit me Paige, you kind of look like someone who would sacrifice a dog
1: (laughs) Or a friend, you know what I'm saying? I
2: would
3: never
1: Cut this
2: out, but you know what I'm saying, Essay?
1: (laughs)
3: I'm
2: not cutting that out because that's what that dude said more or less
3: He didn't say Essay, he
1: said something else But like, yeah, it was more or less that (laughs)
2: That was fucking wild. I I am blown. I can't I can't do anything. We
1: this movie was so sad for us to talk about. We literally <laughs> became investigative journalists for thirty minutes in the middle of this episode. This is what
2: happens when we do too nihilistic of movie. Because this movie really. <laughs> yeah. I, I read about this direct because I I liked his and it's like one of his criticisms is like he directs movies where like evil is evil and like good guys doesn't matter what they do it comes for them and kills them and they have no control and I hate that. Yeah yeah. But I mean I get it, but I also don't like movies like that. The
1: reason I don't. Like movies like that is because that's what life Feels like and I don't want to necessarily See that like I realize that our ultimate Enemy in life is time Like I get that mine
2: is Todd Slosser <laughs>
1: <laughs> You son of a bitch But you know what I mean Like I get that like There's nothing you can do About it it's gonna come For us all right Right Like I don't need to see That in every movie Like I, I need some escapism Well his is not
2: even time It's like an evil entity You have no power No control Nothing you do No matter what It's coming to kill you You can't escape it Kind of like it follows Well by time I mean Ultimately death Right Yeah Yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly like it follows And, and you But things you do do make a difference. I don't believe that. I do believe that choices you make do make a difference in some way, shape, or capacity. Oh, I completely agree. But anyway, I do feel like when movies get too nihilistic, we like go through the dark hole into like some sort of abyss land of weird place yes
1: and that's how we found out about the thousands of friends that die every year yeah man's best Mm -hmm. friend (laughs) 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 I'm
3: honestly ashamed it took us this long to get there (laughs) (laughs) I still am not convinced that it's not the dogs doing the sacrificing I'm just saying actually that photo that Mikey brought up of some of their marketing stuff
1: looks sort of like they'd be capable yeah yeah, I don't
2: know what dogs are planning
1: and that's what makes it so scary Mikey mm-hmm.
2: please don't sacrifice
1: Dogs but also it's not Happening on a large scale
3: Yeah, yeah of course Ardu not or do
1: it I don't
2: care no, no Mikey this is like the Michelle Remembers of mailers The way that he implied it I think it was only Chihuahuas so like big loss. <laughs> <laughs> no fuck Stop it's so racist It is so Stop. racist It's
1: so bad It's so bad you can't sacrifice. Sorry, I'll cut that too. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's really not us being racist, though, Paige. <laughs> it's that guy being racist and us, making no, fun of that tra- guy. I, it, I is it. it is it. terrible. Please don't mistake it. Yeah.
2: I didn't even know that dog sacrifice was a racial stereotype until today. <laughs> and like, honestly, that's not one I've been familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the tone he used on me, like I should know.
1: Oh, yeah. he was talking to you Like you were a big-ass dummy, Mikey And it was great to hear <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was like oh i'm sorry
1: but when you were like what what do you how many like 10,000 and he goes more than that man <laughs>
2: oh, <God. laughs> i was like good lord like what why there that's where the latinos are dude don't you even know what i'm talking <laughs> about god i cannot believe that guy answered
1: <laughs> that dude is sitting at home alone at 9 30 at night and he had his phone forwarded to
2: well, it that's the thing it's not a 1-800 number todd It is just the area code of Virginia and a regular number. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. You called his phone. You called his cell phone. He answered while watching, like, football or some shit and was, like, just talking to you about how dog sacrifices are going because he wants to scam you out of money. I should have been like,
2: well, I hate dogs, so I'm all about this.
3: We've drifted into late night energy On a very serious movie Because of that that bizarre phone call I'm sorry for bringing (laughs) the occult dog sacrifice Into our lives
1: And I literally got up at 2.30am this morning To fly back home from Boston What
3: were you doing up at the witching hour? Sacrificing friends? No, of course not no,
2: of course, Wank. I- you do go to Taco Bell a lot. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this just in on my CNN alert. Oh. A Delta passenger six-year-old dog has gone missing at the Atlanta airport. Is that oh real?
4: Mike
3: screenshot that.
2: I demand to see the proof of that.
3: We're on the fucking case. <laughs> I suspect Satan. <laughs> Follow the pause.
2: It got found safe. but
3: <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh uh, uh, Well, shit. It took him a month. Safe for now.
2: He was being Dog traffic.
3: It took them a month Dog
1: so they could do voodoo
2: on it.
3: <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> ah! uh, I almost died falling out of my chair.
2: Uh, I only try to make you two laugh
3: I like that it's also a picture of your dog As if you're like this is the last known (laughs) whereabouts I was
1: about to say that Like, That is the cutest screenshot Because it's like Delta talking about how a six year old dog was lost And here's Macy looking like a six year old dog But like smiling (laughs) She's six in the 25th Yeah
3: like she's like Oh, yeah, Lost. We definitely didn't sacrifice one of our own to the Bark Lord. (laughs) 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 The Bark and the Wicked. (sighs) my goodness. This got off the rails. We got to finish
1: this movie. Would thou
2: like to live dogliciously?
1: One call to a racist, and we all lost
2: our minds. Oh, good night. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today.
1: (laughs) Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Explore more stories like Alex's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. Anyway, so...
2: Suicide.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We cut to Louise in the shower, and she hears someone come in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's just like, hi, I just need three minutes to shower in peace, and throws the curtain open, and it's her dad standing there peeing himself.
2: Yeah, it's not Thelma. It's Louise.
3: And off the cliffs of insanity uh because it's her dad i yelled
2: and jumped in this scene this was the scariest scene for me
3: i lost it man and it lasts for a while it It goes on that's what i mean
1: i said this before but this is another example of it where like you want it to cut away but there's 15 more seconds in that can you know what i'm saying yeah like we're gonna get it more and it's so scary and it's a lot of her like ducks down in the corner of that shower yelling
3: Oh, yeah, it's
1: she does an amazing job in this movie. I think everyone honestly does a really good job, but she is a huge standout in this movie. She's so good.
3: Her brother runs in. And of course, her dad's not there. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking? Dad's comatose. What are you? Right. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, he was there, though. Like, I remember it. So she goes out to the porch to have a cigarette And as Michael Her brother is kind of tucking dad In he finds mom's journal And he brings it out to the porch and he's Like I read the last page And it's basically I know he's there in the Darkness help me please he's Killing David there's nothing I can do Devil 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 he wants David's Soul and he's basically just like so Some shit was going down while We weren't here obviously Clearly yeah But what we will learn is That this is not a religious family so This is very out of character Character. This is not the case of like someone who had been very devout in life who is now taking that devotion to an extreme. No, no.
2: This is like Jamie Lannister going back to Cersei in season eight saying he loved her <laughs> just way out of character. Yeah.
3: Yes. I think it's wild that you're still salty about Game of Thrones. I will never not be
2: salty about the end of Game of
3: Thrones. I think
1: because of the way they ended it, I no longer give a shit about Game of Thrones at all in any capacity.
3: Ten thousand dragons
1: die
2: every year.
1: Ritual <laughs> sacrifice.
2: You might as well call it Worsterose. because <laughs> it's, it's the, the worst. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god,
1: that's my favorite tasting sausage, though. <laughs> Oh, oh
2: Worcestershire sauce. I just hate it so like I never have hated a thing of entertainment like I hate season 8 of Game of Thrones.
3: Do you hate what do you hate worse, that or Star
1: Wars? <sighs> Oh, the fact that this is taking so long to answer is terrifying, Mikey. And
2: they both happen or around the Mikey, same time. Mikey, The Alien prequels. Uh, the Alien ones don't bother me as much because I wasn't as personally invested into Like okay, Game okay, of Thrones, okay. I read all the books that were released up to that point before season one. And, you know, he hasn't released a new book since then. But... Season 8 of, of that and Last Jedi Plus return, Rise of Skywalker all together make up the biggest disappointment in my enter- entertainment career since X-Men 3 and Spider-Man 3 came out the same summer.
3: <laughs> oh, fuck. That was a bad
2: summer. I it was that a summer.
1: dark-ass summer. I was like, I guess that's a wrap for superhero movies. And I was very wrong. So, listeners, I want to point out that I cut out about 15 minutes of Mikey ranting about Star Wars. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) but it did feel a lot like a ted talk and was very well thought out that's true there you go despite those complaints about star wars and superhero movies i want to ask todd if you did what mikey and i browbeat you into doing and watched Time Cop, the ultimate action film. Are you asking me, have I watched Time Cop? Yeah.
2: Did you do what we asked you to do? You had a whole flight to watch it on. Bro,
1: I literally, uh, I've been working 24-7 for the past five days. I'm, like, I literally got back this morning. No, I haven't seen it yet. I do want to watch it, but I have not had time.
3: This is going to be stars all over again, <laughs> but with Time Cop.
1: <laughs> you know the bitch of it is, I have stars and have had it for a while. Still haven't gotten to party down And I really want to watch it I'm just super busy with this new job It sucks. I mean I love the job It's just
3: busy Traitor So the (laughs) next day (laughs) The next day She and her brother Are walking through the mom's sewing room In the barn And he says Well how'd she get up there though Cause like you brought the tub over There was nothing for her to stand on How did she hang herself
2: Better question How'd she do it with six fingers Yeah Yeah I thought about that too I'm asking the real questions here That they're not Not even asking. Why
1: did she keep her thumb? Is that why you're asking? Yeah, I wondered that too. Because that's where the good meat is, you know.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Here's what I'm thinking. Black Phillip did it. Oh, I think we see how
1: it happens when he looks outside in a few minutes because she floats
3: up.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, also, I mean, the tub looked like it was a plastic tub. No, it was metal. Was it metal? It was definitely metal. Yeah, it it was definitely metal. It like clanked to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
3: Anyway, we cut to Louise is reading the diary a lot. Yes. And it's a lot of like, there's voices in my head. It makes me want to die. He climbs on the bed and hurts David and he laughs at me. I'm already dead. And we cut to them at the morgue where they've turned her body over. Yeah.
1: Face down? No, like they've turned the body over to the morgue. Oh, (laughs) oh, right, 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 right. Yeah.
3: And yeah, and he gives them the the mortician or the uh, medical tech, you know, whatever gives them. They're like, oh, these were all in her pocket. I thought you might like them. And there are a ton of crosses. He's like, they give them that at Sunday school. And this is the point where they're like, she was not religious. Like, I don't I don't know why she would have these. They literally say we are all atheists. Yeah,
1: and and she's got a whole bunch of them. Yes. It's like, I would say probably 25. Like, there's a lot of them. And they're not huge. They're like little brass, little crucifixes. Crucify? I don't know what, what it is, if it's plural. But there's a bunch of them. But we see where she got them, right? Maybe. Oh, I saw the father because of the context we find out later. Anytime he's on the screen, he's the demon. So that was the demon who handed it to him in the truck.
3: In my mind. Potentially possible Or I think she started Getting them somewhere Collecting them yeah as protection Of some sort We don't know the movie Doesn't tell us yeah but we cut to the Dad is coughing in his Sleep and Louise is trying to kind of comfort Him and as she does a spider comes Out of his mouth and a big
1: one I hated This too The, the effects on this don't Look awesome anytime you see the spiders In the face
3: yeah but it is
1: Creepy man
3: and she tries to like Kill it but it disappears and the brother's like what well, what's going on she's like oh there's a spider he's like do you get it and she's like it's nothing it's nothing yeah
1: i think she's sort of starting to hallucinate before the brother does because he eventually does too yes earlier because she's digging into it she's like i think yeah attacking her grief which i'm not saying is the right way to do it but i think that's why she's getting into it faster than he does he's just like sitting in it and trying not to think about it but eventually he also falls victim to it as well.
3: Yeah, and so we cut to her standing at the sink much like her mother did. Yeah. Cleaning her mother's blood out of the sink
2: just like her mother before her. Just like her yeah. mother before and her. Yeah. Her mother before because then Because 10,000
3: mothers die <laughs> yeah. every year in ritual occult sacrifice. A woman's
2: place is in the kitchen chopping her own fingers off. How many times do I have to say this? Traditional American values Yeah Make America adrenochrome again, Paige Yeah, women can't point the finger If they cut their own fingers off (laughs) Anyway, we we see her smoking
3: on the porch And reading from the diary And we cut to her tossing and turning Next to her dad But then we cut to her brother's room Where the lights come on Yeah And he wakes up and there's no one there He goes back to bed This scene goes on for so long And is so tense, man Yeah, and (sighs) so... He turns the lights off. He goes back to bed. Then the lights come on again. And he gets up and kind of looks around the room. Doesn't see anything. Turns the lights off. He looks out his window out at the barn. Doesn't see anything. Goes across to the other window and looks out. And his mom is just outside floating. Yes.
1: I, we sort of see her rise up a little bit too. And there's like like yeah. smoke on the ground. It's very. it's very creepy. Well by smoke, I mean more like fog. yeah. Uh, and she like sort of rises up to the position she was in when she was hanging when they found her. like, Fuck it's brutal man
3: Yeah well and she's singing a hymn Which we kind of hear her sing throughout the movie Which is again strange for an atheist yeah. To sing a hymn it is. Which is also why I think maybe she was collecting The crosses that she's like mm-hmm. If this is real then uh, This is my only like it's kind of like Utah Where it's like it's not real until it is And then fuck that <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah 100% and I do think This could be
1: seen as like Maybe she was raised religious And then eventually decided to be an atheist And like raised her family to be atheist But now in this weird moment Because clearly some shit is happening She remembers like from her childhood When she was a believing person And like sort of reverts to that Okay I need a cross I need onions and garlic or whatever You know that kind of shit Like just to like do anything to protect yourself Because there's nothing to be done Like literally it's, it's such a good metaphor For like what she's going through Because like Like the driving force behind it is her husband's impending death. And she's just like having trouble dealing with that and being the caregiver for him. Like it is such a good like it's a well done metaphor, man. It's so good.
3: Yeah. Now she disappears from the the yard and he walks out into the rest of the house and turns the lights on, doesn't see anything. And then she's right the Behind him And he doesn't see her They
2: do this a few times Just like a mom Never giving you Your personal space
3: <laughs> Mom You're supposed to
1: knock <laughs> Yeah <sighs> But they do this a lot though Where you think It's gonna be A jump scare And it's not a jump scare And then the jump scare Comes from behind them Instead of where you thought It was gonna come from They do it like Ooh. twice I think really effectively Cause both times I jumped Like it was very scary Both times And it really got me This is one of them
3: Yeah Yeah. And so we cut to Friday the next day. Louise wakes up, turns the lights on and goes to the bathroom. And it looks like there's blood and scratches all over her face. But she checks the bed and it's lipstick. I think she realizes that when she starts to like touch it, it doesn't hurt. right? And then she
1: starts to wash it off. And that's what she goes and she looks like the first place she looks, she finds the lipstick. Yeah. But she like lifts the covers off her dad and she sees the lipstick like there, sort of like he had hidden it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we didn't see him doing it or anything like
3: that. Or did she do it to herself? That's what I Who thought, knows? Paige. Yeah. She was in that bed, too. Yeah. 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 Who knows This reminds me of the Who did the poop episode Of it's always sunny in Philadelphia Right Yeah (laughs) But then the phone rings And she runs in to answer it and it's a disconnected number. But it's like the one
1: when you call. You call yes. out. Yes. It's not like yes. if someone called you and it disconnected, right? It's it, right. Which would never happen if y- your phone rang and you answered it.
3: Right. So the phone rings again. She answers again. And it's the mom's voice. And it just says, I told y'all not to come. Yeah. Yeah. But we cut to the brother driving in and there's an old minister out front and he's like, can I help you? And he's like, you must be Michael. I was hoping we could have a little talk. I knew your mom, here's a cross. And I think the brother's like, this must've been where she was getting them. I'll let him in. Well,
1: I think we'll let him in because we want to sort of interrogate him ourselves because I think my mother's crazy slide into religious nutbaggery, which I don't, that's not what I'm saying, but I think that's what Michael feels was like, started by this person, right? So they want to figure out what he was telling their mom to make her believe this
2: was happening. Again, goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is, there's no logical This person is right. not Going to give you A piece of it right. If she is having dementia Or psychotic Or was depressed or Like this is not Going to explain everything This is just you Searching for answers Where there are none You need to just Get therapy
1: Yes yeah, Ultimately yeah. yes Talk about it Share your feelings Like get support Like those kind of things But neither of them do And get away Get
2: away from the house
3: <laughs> But they invite him inside And he reads the diary And they basically Ask him They're like She was not a religious woman And you're saying You came and met with her and then this seems to have started was she in a bad place and you encouraged it I think is what they're asking
1: yes or took advantage of it
3: or took advantage of it Yeah. and he basically is like look I don't care if you believe in the devil or not the wolf doesn't care if you believe he's a wolf when he finds you alone in the woods yeah is the analogy he uses which is also there are wolves around we're hearing them at night so like It's a common analogy for the farm, but we never see them. Yeah. And he in this scene is fucking ominous. Dude, the actor Mm
1: -hmm. crushes it. Yeah. Because even when he's talking in like a very supportive, like, uh, let me be helpful kind of way. It does come off as a little bit creepy and then just progressively yeah. gets more creepier as the family of atheists start pushing him on, you know, why did you do this to our mom? That kind of shit, you know? Yeah. And he stands up for himself and like, like, you weren't here. Yeah. She needed help. I came to help. Which ah fuck, it's just such a good metaphor. Cause like these conversations take place. Yeah. It's brutal, man.
3: Well, and he basically is like. Look, you think she's crazy because she saw the demon coming, but the demon's already here.
1: Yeah. Oh, and he says that in like Ugh. haloed
3: in the door. Yeah. So Ugh. it's just his
1: silhouette in that door. Oh, it's such a good shot. He's
3: f- fucking terrifying just the way he delivers the line all of it all of it's terrifying yeah anyway we cut back and forth between louise going out to the barn in the rain and looking at the rope and trying to figure out how her mom got up there versus michael on the phone with his family who and he's like i am really struggling like please hug the girls for me i'm not doing well but we cut back to the barn and we hear her reading the diary and we see the chimes go off, but there's nothing there to trigger them. And Louise calls out for Michael, but he's not there. And we see just a shadow behind her on the wall. Man, Fucking I hate terrifying! like that. Yeah. scared the
1: shit out of me because
3: you want to be like, run. Yes. But of course, she doesn't see it because it's behind her. Ach. There's so many scares in this movie that the people living in the world of this movie don't see. Right which is a great device to make you as an audience be like, look out. But it does such
1: a good job with the
3: impending dread. You know, it's just so good. It's so good. So we cut to her sitting on the porch and she says to Michael, she wasn't crazy. I'm not crazy. Right. Because I'm now seeing things and I believe her, essentially. Yeah. And then Michael finally confesses to her. He's like, I saw something. She was floating out there and I know she couldn't have been there. It can't be real, but it was fucking there.
2: And it wasn't a dream. This is the moment they should have abandoned ship.
3: Yes. Yeah. Just get in the car and Uh run. Absolutely. Yeah. Because ultimately they go inside and go to sleep and they hear the howling at night and Michael wakes up. Louise wakes up. And in the living room, they're like, there is something out there. And from outside, we hear both the howling, but also the snarling. Yes. The unearthly sound, I will call it, because it's no one animal. It's nothing that you can kind of isolate. Yeah. So they go to the door and it's the old preacher outside. And he just says, you should come outside. And they're like, what? He does sort of say it just like that, like. It's not three in the morning, you know. Like it's yeah.
1: not weird for him to be there. He says it in a very like, "just come on outside, buddy." Like, just
3: come on outside. I hated it.
2: Yeah, just come on outside.
3: Come out on here. outside, and they're like, "he can't, you can't just show up here." And he kind of laughs. He's like, "don't worry, come on outside." And thus begins the scariest jump scare in this fucking movie. When she grabs the flashlight? Yes, because yes, they take Paige. a flashlight and shine it on his face. And he is clearly a full demon. Yeah. <laughs> like Well, his eyes look like the dad's eyes yeah. when he was where Louise was in the shower. Mm-hmm. Like they're
1: completely white. And it's just like, his. Yeah. it's so creepy. I hated it.
3: Well, and he's just like. Come on outside Yeah Come outside And you're just like Oh god Oh no And they turn Cause the phone rings They turn back And he's fucking gone Yeah So she goes to the phone And he's like Don't answer it She hangs it up And takes the cord off the wall Well because he goes outside Yeah So they're They're
1: separated Dude the impending dread Of this alone When they're separating I was like Why are you doing that Never leave their side again Yeah I would have been in my car So fast I mean like We gotta get out Mikey same Like we'll call Someone to go get dead. Like, we have to go.
3: Now, here's the crazy thing. So, we then cut to who the phone call is coming from. And it's coming from Charlie, the farmhand, who believes that he sees Louise slitting her own throat in his trailer well and like cutting herself all over her
1: face and it's like right and she's moving in a very creepy way where they and they speed warp the film so she moves in like a jerky way yeah and it's such a creepy effect man
3: it's so creepy and he's hearing the voices he's hearing the whispers and unfortunately he sticks his shotgun in his mouth and dies by suicide unfortunately. Yeah. Which will come back later because then they try to contact him and no one can get a hold of him. They then kind of reconvene and they're like, well, I guess we just go to bed. Like they close up the house and we cut to Saturday the next day. And the next day they're like, there's no footprints. There's no tracks. Charlie hasn't answered his phone in two days who, and he was the one trying to call them. What do we do? And his their answer is like, well, let's take dad to a hospital. And they're like, well, we'd have to have a doctor come out because an ambulance would have to take him. They can't just put him in the car. Right. Yeah.
1: I'd argue that that's what they should have done the night before. Same. But I understand. I do think the movie creates realistic obstacles for them leaving the farm. Like, yeah, I didn't hate that at all because I do feel like they might have made that choice.
3: Yeah. One, well, uh, th- this is dark and a thing that I probably don't want to admit. But here I will say I would have probably left the farm and been like, look, we're waiting for him to die anyway, and he's not conscious, and it's not safe for us here. Like, it's, we gotta go.
1: There's clearly a demon. Dad lived a long life. Yeah. He did, but you could also just be like... Hey live in care nurse lady Maybe not live in care nurse lady but like Hey remember that time you offered us the 24 hour Service yeah go ahead and upgrade us to that Package
3: immediately yeah thank you so much Give us a call when he expires or Call any number of people Yeah but they decide they're Going to get a doctor out there the next morning but my favorite Is Louise in this moment just says You saw his face like you saw It when I put the flashlight on it yes and He's like I don't want to talk about it yep you Know but like yeah he did so Then she calls the number he likes Left them, And she's like, hi, I'm Louise Straker. And he's like, how'd you get this number? She's like, you gave it to me. Yeah. And he's like, I'm at a hotel in Chicago. You called my room. And she's like, you were in Texas with us yesterday. He's like, I've never been to Texas. I don't know you. I don't know your mother, but you have the same name as my daughter and you sound just like her. And she killed herself a long time ago. Yeah.
2: You know. Like you do tell people when they call the wrong number.
3: Yeah. I thought this conversation was wild, but like
2: I was very terrified we were gonna hear a gunshot
1: right before she hung up the phone.
2: Instead he goes, did you know 10,000 dogs get humanly sacrificed (laughs) throughout the
3: country? This for me is the one thing that doesn't work because it's too outside the world that we're playing with.
2: Yes. It's so crazy. You could have it if he was like, there was an entity that haunted my family and killed my daughter's family or something like that. That was a chance to lore build or something. And either go all the way or don't
3: Or it could have just been like I've never met you I've never been there We didn't need the part about the daughter Because that just
2: confuses That muddies the waters Right Unless it's like We're adding lore to the story Why even put that in
3: Yeah Right Because we don't need it It doesn't impact our story at all Yeah So the doctor comes to the house and they're like have you noticed any changes and they're like yeah shit's fucking bad and we need to get him out of here Yeah. and he's like I don't think he would make him to make it to the highway so we have to leave him which again I don't think is I think they would still move him
1: I don't I honestly don't know but I don't think that matters because I don't think this is the doctor I think this is the demon like concocting a reason why they can't go
2: it's Dr. Demon doctor yeah yeah but he's a PhD so Ooh, he's actually a podiatrist <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's
1: feet are so fucked. He would not be able to walk to the highway. So we can't move
2: this man. His feet can't take it. I think we should call another hospital and get a second. opinion. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Well, they, and, and that's what they
3: do. Like that's the plan is to like get a second opinion the next day, but yeah. they, they wait a whole day to do it. And Michael doesn't make it that day. Right. Right. So like he does, as the doctor leaves, end up talking to the nurse and she's like, Hey, I get that you're scared and I feel weird shit in this house, but I feel like love protects people and you love your dad. And so, you know, you staying with him is helpful. But at a certain point... It gets out of hand, especially next yes, it does. as he goes out and sees a goat that's missing a leg and they find
2: literally all their goats dead. Would also left immediately there. Same. Or called the police and been like, I have to leave.
3: Well, clearly ten thousand goats die every year
1: in a cult <laughs> sacrifice. All of them
2: this night, apparently, because it's
1: a shitload of goats. Yeah. And they have to like burn the carcasses and stuff. But they do point out that like
2: this is not the way wolves attack. Yeah, wolves would never do this. I just want to think about the survivor's guilt that that one goat feels like after he watched every other goat get murdered. That takes one of his legs and he walks off. Yeah, and he'll never know why. Why did he spare me?
3: Well, they they say that there's like five or six of them. Left. Well, we never see and some of them babies. Yeah, yeah. We do because he. That's why he goes out to the barn.
1: Oh no, I, I'm saying we never see them actually get killed. Yeah, uh, it's just like we. It's revealed to us, but we don't have to see it happen, which I was very grateful for.
3: Yeah. So after they burn the carcasses in a giant delicious barbecue. (laughs) Would you have wasted
1: that meat? Because there was still some meat on them bones. Oh, I would have eaten
3: the (laughs) shit out of that meat. But it might have been infected by demons and that would have been bad.
2: Just real spicy meat.
3: But you know they have to
2: murder all the goats after goat yoga and they have to get a new pack for the next session.
3: Yeah, that's uh,
1: I live in a pretty affluent area, Paige, and they call it virgin goat yoga. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want one that's been touched by another Mm yogaist. No.
3: Baby goats. It happened literally
1: 10,000 a year Probably more Yeah
3: Sometimes Just to make myself feel better I watch goat parkour videos Where it's just baby goats Jumping and doing their thing But then people have Overlaid it with like Parkour
1: Paige I love those fucking videos I love them Goats are like a
2: one use Kind of animal like- No
3: they're absolutely not They can live for years On a steady diet Of tin cans and shoelaces <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: the devil's food You know what was in those tin cans Boston baked beans <laughs> <laughs>
3: Mikey we had to cut Most of the Boston (laughs) shit
2: Well I'll figure it out Cut all the stuff That makes me sound bad
3: Thanks bye That is the challenge Every week Mikey (laughs) We cut to after The delicious barbecue Michael is going to Go out to the barn And kind of comfort The remaining goats and he asks Louise to stay with their father. Yeah. And we do see him out there comforting the baby sheeps and the baby goats and little baby lambs. It was so cute. The little baby goat. I think it's a lamb. Is that it? he's, I think he's got a baby sheep. It's very
1: cute. It's so cute. He was my friend.
3: <laughs> yes. So we cut to her reading her mom's journal. But back in the barn, Becky calls as he's about to walk back into the house, but he doesn't answer the phone because all of the alarms go off. the like jingle alarms. Yeah. But there's nothing there. He gets out a knife and he's like... Who was out there? Go on, get. Yeah, he did. Get away. It's <laughs> like it the first time we've ever seen somebody say go on, get for serious in a movie. I'm an atheist. You get on out of here. Yeah. Uh, but we do hear his mom singing hymns and he's like, go away. She comes out of the dark, like midsummer levels of naked. Oh, yeah,
2: man. he should have shot her. He didn't have a gun He just had a knife Yeah He should have stabbed her I wouldn't close my eyes Like a little baby bitch Like he did That's
1: his mom though Like I, well and also It's a hallucination He probably wouldn't Have been able to stab it You know probably Would have disappeared Or something like But yeah no I I would have tried To defend myself And or just fucking Run away Like it's so scary And it like Slowly creeps
2: up to him It's not like it Pops out of nowhere Yeah Michael thinks He's so manly With his nice beard But when his naked mom Comes to haunt him He just cries in the corner Like a little girl <laughs> I
3: can't believe You're <laughs> shaming him for this i know (laughs) mikey is like
2: bullying michael i I hold michaels to high standards what do you have
3: against the bearded mikey
2: i can't grow one (laughs) (laughs) it's patchy
3: soft skin baby bitch yeah anyway She comes right up on him and he's like You're not real but he does have the knife out And she disappears and then she pops up Right the fuck behind him And it's fucking scary This is
1: the second time they do that Yes, Like dipsy doodle where you think it's gonna be a scare And then it like releases the tension A little bit and then boom scare Terrifying
3: I don't usually use dipsy doodle To describe that I use dipsy doodle To describe what I do in my free time
2: With dipsy I don't dipsy doodle Until the fourth date (laughs) Mikey I know for a fact you're a first kind of guy you don't know that. i well dipsy doodle is just where you use
3: you leave a voice recording of you by yourself for someone else to enjoy on their own time
2: a dipsy doodle is when you draw you and your partner having sex and give it to them on the third date
3: <laughs> and, but you just whisper into there like look at
2: this <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> you get asmr in their face yeah it's just the sound of you drawing it look at
2: this Mine's just stick people because I'm not a good drawer.
3: Stick people with, like, arms and legs, like, completely out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... He falls with the knife to his own neck Yes, and puts it down. But Louise, we cut to Louise, who sees him just quickly walk into the house. We cut to him in the bedroom and he's freaking the fuck out and he still has the knife. And it seems like he's going to go kill his dad. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, no, I thought he was going to kill himself
1: like he does in a few minutes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But we cut into the room with Louise and there's like a claw shadow which is wild. And then she hears the snarling and everything right next to her in the bed. She closes her eyes and it's almost like sleep paralysis where she finally like gets up the nerve and punches onto that side of the bed and there's no one there. And she looks up and her dad is on the ceiling and like gasping for breath. Like it's very creepy. Like looking like he needs help and
1: is just out of reach. Like there's so many like, this movie works on many levels. Well, Grandpa Joe over there drank fizzy whistles. <laughs> the fizzy lifting drinks.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Shit, I didn't write down that we were doing Wonka stuff, too. My I've bad. got a
3: golden
1: ticket. <laughs> that was it. my
2: first thought before the animal sacrifice. Yes.
1: Before the animal sacrifice runner that I have to cut out. Did
3: you know 10,000 Oompa Loompas get sacrificed every year in occult rituals? <laughs> <laughs> no, my <God. laughs> No! Oompa Loompa Dead. That...
2: I've got a knife that's <laughs> held to your head. Face, face, Yes. That's a lote of dead Oompa Loompas.
1: <laughs> I love that Mikey just like butchered that punchline. I got too excited. I like
3: that you interrupted me in the moment singing a brand new Oompa Loompa song about ritual sacrifice. We almost got a full verse, Mikey. That's a lote, <laughs> dead.
1: Uplupas. <laughs> I honestly don't know if he's trying to be Spanish or Italian, but they're both romance languages.
3: No, he's he's trying to say a lot, but elote, like mayonnaise corn, chili street corn, elotes.
2: All right, they're delicious. I know, I love street corn. You could fill a whole maze with that many dead upalupas. <laughs> Oh, God. I
3: can't. It's only 7 p.m. here, but this is like 2 a.m. energy.
2: I've been up since 2 a.m., Paige. I don't understand why you guys are judging me. It's very corn on the snob.
3: Why are we doing (laughs) corn puns? I don't know.
2: Alote? That's how
3: we got there. Oh, God. Anyway, so we cut to Sunday where she notices some scratches and cuts on her dad's neck. She goes looking for Michael, and he is fucking gone. Yes. And yeah. he left a fucking while
1: ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. He's like, I'm sorry, lady. Ooh. I drove through the night. Yeah. And you should leave, too. Like, this is great advice. Yeah, You need to leave. I left. I couldn't take it. Get out of there.
3: Yep. Meanwhile the doorbell rings And it's a young girl who's like Hey I don't know if you remember me And by young I mean like teens I got like late-ish teens Early 20s Yeah like maybe a college student age Maybe high, late high school I don't know Yeah but she's like, hey, I'm Charlie's granddaughter. You might not remember me. I was very little the last time I saw you, but we've been calling and no one answered and we wanted you guys to know that Charlie died. Unfortunately, he shot himself two nights ago. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to you know, tell you so that you know and also sorry about your mom And she says, oh, my God. She's overwhelmed. And she's like, "Uh, can you come inside? I have to go check on dad. And she won't come on in. Yeah. And so she's like, just come in. I just want to check on him. And she just says, no, but do you smell him? I bet you do. I smell him, too. He's close and he's rotting. And you're like, oh, this is the demon. It's not a little girl. Oh, my God. I
2: hated it. It's so bad. So
3: she... Runs away from her screams There's no one out there The door is open Of course this girl's right behind her
1: Again with a behind you jump scares Oh it's awful
3: Yes and she's like you're all alone little girl And it's got like a demon voice Fucking terrifying Yes so she calls michael cell it goes to message she plugs the phone back in and calls michael cell and as she's doing that the nurse shows up and is like hey i told michael yesterday i'm sorry i'm late uh you know how's dad doing and she lights a prayer candle i love i love that she comes in in a super tense scene and it's just like oh sorry
1: i'm late i told michael i'd be late how are things you know it's just like she's just like working her shift you know and that's the way she would have walked in i just think i thought it was really funny
3: yeah So she lights a prayer candle Sets it next to the bed Meanwhile Louise plugs the phone back in Calls Michael And I think Michael sees That the call is coming from the house Yeah And answers it And she's like What the fuck I woke up and you were gone And he's like I drove all night I couldn't stay there You should fucking leave too Yeah And she's like I can't just leave You left me here I can't leave And he's like You gotta You gotta Like, you should leave. But as this is happening, the nurse in the room with the dad has like a little spider across her face and we see her kind of eyeing her knitting needles and she starts stabbing herself with Her knitting needles. I hated it so much, especially when she gets to the eyes. Oh, yeah. Well, and so Louise hangs up the phone because she hears a scream. She runs in, she sees her stabbing herself, and the nurse is like, Why don't you hear him? Why don't you hear him? And like, smashes Louise's head against the wall till she loses consciousness. Yeah. So we cut to Louise's body being dragged by the nurse as the nurse is like clearly hearing voices and then stabs herself once in each eye yeah, and then dies. Of course. From, I assume loss of blood and brain dim. It's yeah, just definitely. like, boom out. Michael gets home to his house uh, and he doesn't see Becky or his two daughters anywhere, but he hears a record on and he goes to the kitchen and it looks as if the girls are both dead at the table, throat slit. And then Becky is dead on the floor having slit her own throat as well yes and he is obviously incredibly distressed like yes like despondent and takes the knife that he has had this whole time it's like a little pocket knife yeah slits his own throat but as he does the table is then empty the wife is gone it was an illusion it didn't really happen it's an
2: illusion michael
3: it's an <laughs> illusion
1: a trick is something the devil does for money sorry yes <laughs>
3: He dies as Becky gets home with donuts and finds his body.
2: With both of their kids. It's brutal. And it's, like, extra sad because he was really craving donuts.
3: Oh, yeah. I sent Jake out to get me donuts this morning. (laughs) Sometimes
2: (laughs)
1: you
3: just get a hankering. So, like, this death
1: I didn't like and I feel like doesn't do a great job to reinforce what I think the metaphor of this movie is. Because he is separating himself from that grief in a way that I think is like, he needs to get some distance from it and reconnect with people he can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And it still kills them. Like one of the reasons I feels like this is so nihilistic.
2: This is where it goes too far.
1: Yeah. The metaphor I think works way better if, and I don't care if it's him or Louise, whoever gets away survives, right? It was
2: this scene I knew no one was going to survive. Yes,
1: die. exactly.
2: And I was like, well, that makes the rest of the movie less interesting. It didn't make it less scary, though. Well, I, yeah, it's just it just went too far. It I just agree. went Too far. And the dead cr- kids were really creepy looking. That was really sort of creepy looking. Yes.
3: Meanwhile, back on the farm, the phone rings. It wakes Louise up on the floor, and her dad is breathing heavily. He's not doing well. The nurse is dead. And she runs out of the house. She's like, I can't. I have to go. And it does look like there's someone outside, but we don't get a good look at them. Yeah. But she hears her dad coughing inside. So she goes back inside and she's like, I won't leave you. She hears Michael yelling for help, but recognizes that it's not him because I guess he couldn't have gotten back in time or whatever. Yeah. But the candle goes out next to her dad. He coughs. She says, I love you and I won't leave you. She hears a creak in the house and her dad breathes out like one last breath he dies it's a death
1: rattle it's like yeah it's his last breath Rosebud.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she screams in anguish right yeah but then she hears the song of what sounds like her mom singing and as she turns to look for it, her dad sits up and attacks her. Did you see his eyes open before that, though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And
1: that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about the dark and the wicked? Uh,
3: I, I think it's done really well. I don't love the nihilism. I could have used a little bit more world building. I know it's, is rare that we're like a movie should be 15 minutes longer, but I could have taken 15 minutes. That's all world building.
1: Same. I honestly can't think of another movie where we said that, but I agree with you. I think this movie needs a little bit more of that, but man, I really love like the metaphor of this movie. I do think because of the nihilistic ending, it does feel a little ham fisted by the end of the movie with the metaphor, but like I super identify with the kind of grief this is. And like, I sort of really enjoyed the, the way they worked it into this very scary movie. Like I will never watch this movie again, unless I'm forced to for this show, but only because it's so scary. Right. It is, I think a very well done movie. And if you like this type of like atmospheric sort of Ari Aster stylish, Movies, you should definitely check out this
2: movie. Yeah, absolutely. I dug it, but got too nihilistic. But that's my, you know. I agree, Mikey, one hundred percent. Yeah, super scary, super atmospheric. Loved it. I loved watching it, and it was a really good time. I think people will really like this movie, but I do think some people, like me and you, Todd, like the nihilism just gets too much.
1: Yeah, but Paige, do you have any fun facts for us?
3: I have a few, not a ton.
1: Well, here it is with your fun facts. And few fun facts. 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 Did you know 10,000 animals Are sacrificed Every, every sorry, year That's a fun
2: factor Whatever 2,000 toucans Are two canned <laughs> away <laughs> to, for, the,
1: for the pagan gods 2,000 toucans Got canned from their job 14
3: <laughs> lemurs Are kind of depressed About <laughs>
2: Follow your nose To Satan
3: <laughs> Fruit Rings
1: of hell <laughs> Yeah <laughs> You ever wonder why that cereal's rainbow-colored, Mikey? Because it's delicious. Fruit Loops is is. one of my favorite cereals. Fruit Loops slaps. I had it every morning I was in the hotel, and they had a lot of cereal choices, Paige. A lot. Mm -hmm. And I went with Fruit Loops every time. It was so good.
3: I feel like this is one step towards clearing you of your weird Crispix addiction. If
1: they had had Crispix, it would have been that, man. Crispix is so good.
3: Ugh. Anyway, (laughs) this movie was filmed at the director's family farm. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah.
2: Oh, I like that.
3: Uh, And this would have had its world premiere at Tribeca. It was slated for a a theatrical release. It's a
1: huge film festival, too, man. That would have been great.
3: COVID happens yeah. unfortunate. I really do
1: think This movie would have Done very well In the theaters Like I think so too
3: I think so too
1: When we talk box office I really only have Like a budget really But like yeah. I really think It would have Surpassed that
3: Yeah It's one of those Things where like Prey is finally Getting a theatrical Release and I'm like Good I want to see That on the big screen If this got a theatrical Release I'd absolutely Go see it in the theater I think it'd be Fucking terrifying I
1: wouldn't But if you like This kind of movie It would definitely Be worth the cost Of admission for sure
3: Absolutely Uh, So the girl who visits It's the farm towards the end. Her name is Ella Ballantyne and she actually is in the director's other film The Monster. Okay. So he kind of utilized her multiple times. The scene where the priest is waiting outside the gate at the front of the driveway when Michael pulls up in his car in the rain. There apparently was a large spider dangling from his hat that they had what? to remove in between takes. Yeah. Ew. No shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now here's one of my favorite things because there's not a ton of fun facts. The only other fun fact is that the can Features Senora de Guadalupe, which, like, yes, it does. There you go. Uh, if you've ever seen candles at the grocery store, that is Guadalupe. But The only other fun fact That I was kind of able to find Looks like it was added By the person it's about Oh I love these And I always think That's really fun Where people add fun facts About themselves Yes So this says Quote And this is from IMDb Quote One rainy day on the set Makeup artist Tara Brawley's truck Got stuck in the mud Out by the pet cemetery And was rescued By the gaffer Jesse Curl And his equipment Jesse Curl Is also the inventor Of the Curl Grip An innovation In dolly grippery employed for the first time in this film
2: oh wow good for him
3: good for him for adding this to imdb yeah exactly i love that and those
1: are your fun facts well thank you for those fun facts page let's talk a little bit about box office although I do want to say this Brian Bertano Or Bertino Also did The Strangers In 2008 That was like His big claim to fame Uh, Up until like This kind of stuff And I hated that movie Our episode I shit on it The whole time This movie is So much better Than that As far as like The execution Of the scares Like it's so good Yes We never did The sequel to that No we didn't And people did Like a lot of people Were like I agree with Todd A little bit The second one's Way better Which I I believe, because that one, obviously, it's after the first one, but it's also, like, pretty far after that one. It's 2018. It's 10 years later. Yeah. I remember we
2: tore into that. Yeah.
1: The only reason I bring that up is to say he's clearly gotten way better as a director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I have no directorial problems with this movie at all. It's stellar. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, what do you think the production budget was for this movie, however, in 2020?
3: I think because they're utilizing the family farm. They saved a lot on locations. There's no... there's no really big names, just the girl from Umbrella Academy. And I wouldn't say she's a big
1: name. She's just a working actress on like a right. you know, streaming TV show. I'm going to say this is made for $5 million or
2: less. Okay. I'm going to say seven. Okay.
1: So this movie actually costs $13 million to make. Wow. Which surprised me a little bit.
3: Yeah, because they do so much practically. Yes. But it could be lighting because it's almost exclusively night shoots. And they shot... At night, you can tell you can, which sell. is more expensive. Yeah, yeah,
1: a- except for when the plot has them out during the day, which is not a whole lot, right? But you also have a lot of time to set up the lights in just that perfect way, so they're sort of silhouetted. Like I, I could see the shoot taking a while, also. They may have been filming around the time Of that first COVID lockdown Yes And those kind of things
3: can bloat budgets But like No, because this was This was supposed to be released At the beginning of the lockdown So they would have already been done I
1: guess that makes sense Because it didn't It didn't hit shutter until I think November-ish
3: Yeah Well, and it was on Hulu before that Yeah, yeah, yeah So like
1: if they are planning a big theatrical release And like a VOD release Like video on demand release Yeah You know, that this would have come after that But it did get a little bit of a box office run In November November of 2020, but not many people were going to movies around that time. I'll just go ahead and tell you worldwide this movie only brought in $743,000.
3: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think
1: it did well on streaming though. Oh, I think yeah. it should have done well on streaming. We just part of the strike is those streamers don't share that information, so we have no idea. Yeah, but we don't know. I do remember people talking about this movie when Paige you asked. Movies that would scare you specifically So like clearly this movie did capture some buzz In the horror community Yeah of course But it just didn't translate to the dollars Because no one was going to the movie theaters at that time
2: Well and it came out on Vod like right in locked like the beginning i remember it was like yes. on the first line of movies you can rent for like months
3: yeah because it was the premiere the original premiere date because it was supposed to have an actual in-person premiere was at tribeca but tribeca got canceled yeah it never happened yeah early into pandemic like within a few months and so that's why it ends up so early on vod that they just kind of immediately put it there
1: Yeah So it was supposed to run Between April 15th And the 26th of 2020 Yeah So like It would have premiered then And then I would assume Had COVID not happened Would have hit the theater Shortly after that Within a month or two Of that right
3: Yeah 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 Or a a few months But yeah 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 yeah.
1: I do think The buzz from that festival Of this movie Would have hyped it up Yes You would have seen A lot more trailers for it And it would have made A lot more money But you know Unfortunately it didn't Because COVID
2: Yep But that's your box office So Mikey do you want To hit him with that Scary scale Yes scary scale listener to a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we watched the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige!
3: I give this like a 6,
1: personally. Todd! Yeah, I was gonna give it a 7. This movie is scary and like sort of triggers some grief trauma that I have so yeah, it was very scary for me. You don't need your life score, just the score,
2: thank you. (laughs) I'm going to give it a five because it did scare me, uh, but not as much as like Incantation. That movie scared the shit out of me.
3: Yeah, that
2: that movie is very fucking scary. Oh,
3: there are definitely scarier movies out there, but this
1: one is scary. But this
2: one's good. This one's good. If you haven't seen this, it's worth the time. It absolutely is. Yes. Yes. All right, that's our scary scale. Well, this week, Paige, you made us watch
1: The Dark and the Wicked. What are you having us watch next week, guys? I'm not. It's a listener request. Ah, that's right. It is listener request. And the listeners, in their infinite wisdom, chose for their four wildcard finalists, Talk to Me, Lake Mungo, "Willie's Wonderland, and the original Psycho. But Talk to Me. Almost got 50% of the votes So like it crushed the vote The next closest one was Wally's Wonderland at 22% So your homework for next week Is to watch Talk To Me Or you may have just seen it in theaters But that is your homework for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I'm pulling one up right now, Todd. Well, excellent. Well, while you're pulling it up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that's to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? These nudes. Wow. (laughs) Not wow. D's
2: Nuts. What? Is that really what it is? N O O O O O O T Z. Holy shit. <laughs> what does D's Newts have to say? That's amazing. D's Newts, this might be my favorite review ever. Title of review Love this podcast. Hell yeah, Do's Newts. Body of review. I love how they talk about different horror movies and then talk about fun facts. Five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Here are my two favorite segments. Five stars. The only two
1: segments, really. Well, okay. The b- We talk box office two-page. Rude. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, D's Nudes, thank you so much for that five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. Or you could interact with us by leaving us a comment under the episode on Spotify. And uh, this one was left on our Pope's Exorcist episode that was the most recent release to this recording. It was from Diana. And she said, as someone raised Catholic, this is the most I've learned about Catholicism. (laughs) And, Diana, I love that for you.
2: That was amazing. Diana, you're lazy, and you should have learned how to speak Latin, (laughs) and you would have known all about that. prayers would have had the correct amount of power, apparently. Yeah. Obviously, you're not sacrificing animals like you should be. No, Mikey. You have to get rid of three ferrets to be blessed in. No, don't do that. Blood
3: in, blood out. (laughs) You know them
1: Catholics. You guys won't let me start a church to dodge taxes for this show. But if you want to interact with us on Spotify, leave us a comment under the episodes, guys. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige West i not a lot of fun for me. This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been, like, driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week?
3: She keeps showing up at farmhouses uninvited and telling people that her grandfather died. Do you smell that? That's what she's He's like. He's rotting. Yeah. Yes. Well, maybe you should have her stop
1: being creepy to the neighbors, Tia. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan says this this week. He was like, hey, no video this week. We're at a huge four-day music festival with basically no signal. And my dumbass forgot to do it earlier in the week. Thanks for all three of you do and all the hard work you do is noticed and appreciated. And I want to point out that this happened. I received that message during the time right before all the shit that happened at burning man happened at burning man so side note jonathan i hope you made it home safe if that's where you were
3: well burning man's not a music festival so oh that's
1: true that's true that's true so he's probably fine cool yeah but thank you so much for the support either way but we now return you to another episode of uh the The patreonicals
2: okay well let's start a new thing in fairy tale world or whatever um the queen is like, Queen Libby of Fairy Tale Kingdom is like, I'm bored. So she <laughs> reaches her little dainty hands into Jay's pack, the magical pack, and pulls out magical beans.
1: Haven't we already done Jack and the Beanstalk?
2: I'm doing it again. Okay. okay.
3: It's a reprise, page. There are giants in the sky. <laughs> there are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky.
2: Into the woods baby And then she goes to get these beans to work We must sacrifice 10,000 animals <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're everywhere It's
3: not just in America <laughs> I'm so sad that I brought up our weird mail. Oh my god <laughs> That's how we got there Oh I forgot yes. that part of it <laughs> Yeah definitely make it seem like I didn't commit a federal crime Thank you
1: yes, and Don't make
2: me seem racist
3: it wasn't you, Mikey. It was you making
1: fun of the dude who was racist. Mm-hmm. Well, you saying it like that does not
2: help you not <laughs> sound racist. I don't want you to get me into a hot tamale.
3: So we got to get to the stock. We need oh, the anyway. hair that's yellow as silk. So, so
2: uh, Glinda the Good Witch, Aaron, she says, those are magic beans. And then the other witch, River Moon, was like, no shit. Thank you. <laughs> River Moon is like over it. Yes, they're the witches, they fight. Dreskel, with his Iron Man suit, was like, let's plant and he uses his lasers to dig a hole, uh, and then um, Jeremy was like, my lasers are better out of my eyes, and he digs a hole with him, and it becomes a laser off, and they dig a nice hole, so that's good. Uh, eyes at the Black Knight was like, I'm going to sleep, this seems like a boring episode, Kate uses her psychic <laughs> powers to put the beads <laughs> in the hole, uh, Karun and Natasha were like what about our children Rumpelstiltskin stole them and we haven't resolved that plot line at all And
3: we're not gonna this week
2: who cares about your blue children yeah we'll... <laughs> <And laughs> Ally the mermaid was like consoling them and was like we'll find your children the children are lost and it's kind of like a scene from the movie Prisoners but with a mermaid and two blue aliens
1: that movie okay. is good but dark. I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Paige, you should Prisoners. see
2: it. Oh, wow, it's good. No, nah, yeah. not
3: until you watch fucking Time Cop, son. <laughs> I've seen them both. I know Mikey has. This is for Todd. Todd won't watch Stars or Time Cop, and we have got beef. It's not that I won't. Bo- <laughs> it's that I don't have time. Time Cop. Time
2: Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I would if I had a Time Cop. That's what it is. Uh, Bo Easy conjures his jet ski and splashes water into the hole. To feed the magic beans. Mr. Rage Bomb uses his fireworks to cover the beans with soil in a way that just use your imagination. Sunzi, the stupid tin man, was like, I'll go find your children. And then he wanders off with Sexcalibur saying, Please don't let this tin man take me into the woods again. Oh no <laughs> Again <laughs> And then Madeline the Jester cartwheels by And says that's the end of the episode Oh and then a giant beanstalk again Appears in the world of fairytale land
1: <laughs> 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 I guess we'll have to wait till next week To see if Mikey remembers Before he starts telling the story That it's Rumpelstiltskin themed Now we've got two plot lines. Oh, my God. We got an A and a B story. We'll see how they both
3: resolve, question mark, next week on another episode of uh, The The Patreonicles. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky.
2: Yeah. Have a great week.
1: Bye. I've been up since 1:30 my time,
3: a.m. Nerds. Beanstalk nerds.
1: I'm so
2: fucking tired. Go
4: to sleep. <laughs>